One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep, it's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard, and I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah. I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine. A new kind of Chromebook. A lullaby? I don't like this. Charles, what's on the other side of the door? Hello and welcome to Core. This is Core. We talk about video games, the big and the small, the industry stuff, and all the way down to the dumb thing we played this week. My name is Scott Johnson with Bo Schwartz and John Jagger. Before we get cranking too far, I finally took the time it takes to get my Steam Deck to play uh, Game Pass xCloud on it. And I am here to tell you, if you own a Steam Deck and you ping, me, you ping me on Discord, I will give you these very simple to follow instructions... And once you do, you will wonder why you didn't do it on day one. It is so great. It's the perfect xCloud streaming device, uh, it turns out. And I played a whole bunch of things on Game Pass without any perceivable input lag. And I'm running on just like crap Wi-Fi in the house. And it blew my freaking mind. And it took me maybe five, man, less than five minutes. Maybe it took me three, four minutes to do the whole thing. So it'd be nice if Microsoft said, hey, here's a little app that just runs natively in Steam. Uh, there you go. That'd be nice. But right now they don't, so you have to do a little tweaky. But once you've done the tweaky, it's one of the coolest things I've done on that thing. So if you're paying for Game Pass and you have a, a Steam Deck, uh, run, don't walk. All right? <laughs> There's your advice for the day, everybody. It's time to jump into our big, hot stuff. Oh, look, you guys. Uh, Microsoft and Sony in the news. We'll talk about their big stink here in a minute, but I think more importantly, outside of the European Trade Commission stuff and them trying to figure out how they're going to get uh, this acquisition of uh, Activision Blizzard King through and done, 
that's all a whole separate conversation, and we can have some of that. But I feel like Microsoft is making little deals to try to sweeten the pot for those who may be uh, regulating this plan. And uh, they did so with a couple of things. We knew about the Nintendo thing. They basically said, look, we're going to bring Call of Duty, uh, and that may mean other games, but Call of Duty in particular will be coming to Nintendo platforms for the next 10 years. That is now a contractually obligated thing Microsoft has signed, and Nintendo happily uh, co-signed. So yeah. they, they did that uh, as a way of almost showing, saying to Sony, hey, look what we do with Nintendo. You could do that. And Sony still... <laughs> this could be you, but you're playing. Yeah, but you're playing a game, and I guess we are too, but we kind of have a weird upper hand right now because we're going to do all this. So they did that with Nintendo. Sony didn't budge. And then this last week, they made a deal with NVIDIA where uh, their version of Phil, they have a Phil, their CEO of software services, his name is Phil as well. (laughs) Everybody's got a Phil these days. Everybody needs a Phil. Um, Somebody feed Phil. Anyway, they signed a deal with Microsoft for another, for a full decade of Microsoft's products and where possible third parties were allowed. Um, but all their games uh, will be available via GeForce Now. Now, it's a little weird because the, the way GeForce Now works is if you've got a game you bought on Steam and it's supported, you can play it through GeForce Now, their streaming service, because you own it on the platform. That's just a virtual PC out there playing the game for you that you're connected to and that you're streaming. Um, and it works quite well. But it isn't a service that you that you buy games through. And so this will still be people, this will still be Microsoft saying, you know, you'll own the game somewhere, uh, but then where wherever you do, you'll also be able to stream it through GeForce Now. And a lot of people say, well, doesn't this compete directly with xCloud? And my answer is no. Um, I guess you could say if their entire business was revolving around, well, who's going to dominate the streaming games business, then maybe that would be seen as competition. But Microsoft's plans seem to be like they have been for a while now, play our games wherever you want to. We don't care where, just as long as you're buying them, paying for them, and then you can play them wherever you want. And if Sony would let us, we'd have Game Pass on PlayStation. And if Nintendo would let us, we'd have it on there. Um, But also uh, lends credence when you're trying to tell people like, look, we're we're not in it for a monopoly. We're in it for, you know, play where you want to play. Look, we're we're, look at us supporting our direct competitors in a certain space. Aren't we great? Yep. Yeah. You know, it's definitely they are definitely peacocking a little bit. (laughs) They're they're walking around acting like they're just the best where they're everybody's friend and just mean old Sony mm-hmm. is like ruining the fun that everybody else is having. That's, mm-hmm. that's the atmosphere they want to convince everybody. Of. You're absolutely right. But they are, they are genuine initiatives in that they're making these actual agreements and they are, they are actually going to happen. And in NVIDIA's case, they, they lose nothing. Like, in fact, they'll gain back some stuff that was pulled from them. It used to be, you could play. Wow. You could play overwatch. You could play other blizzard games. Uh, and Call of Duty, for that matter, you could play those games via uh, GeForce Now. And then Activision Blizzard pulled that and said, don't do that. We don't want you to do that. And everybody kind of, at the time I did anyway, I theorized that maybe Blizzard had their own white label Stadia or something coming out that was going to compete, but that never happened. Um, This would bring that all back into the fold. It would bring you know Halo and everything else into the fold. So you would end up with a huge library of content that if you own it somewhere, somehow, even if it's via game pass, if you go use it through GeForce now, you can get that stuff. And in NVIDIA's case, that's what they, they literally want that. They just want 
<clears throat> more libraries, more games, and more services available for them to stream through GeForce Now. Because again, they don't have a store. They don't sell you video games on GeForce Now. They just stream them. And so so that part of this is a total no-brainer. Like for, for I, NVIDIA, I should say. They don't have to sacrifice anything. They gain from this. I do have one question, yeah. though. This may be a dumb question. I just I genuinely don't know, and I only just thought about this. So Microsoft is saying to Nintendo, let's just use Nintendo because I feel like it's a cleaner example. Microsoft is saying to Nintendo, for the next 10 years, we are going to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo platforms. So for right now, at least, that means the Switch. Right. What if this deal doesn't go through? Are they still going to find a way to... Microsoft's going to foot the bill to put it on there, or is this only if the deal goes through, are they going to be doing this? That's my understanding. The deal, it is contingent on the deal going through. Okay. And Nintendo has has agreed to this based on that going through. If it doesn't go through, nobody's on the hook for anything. So Okay, Microsoft's not going to be like, ah, oh, shucks, deal didn't go through. Well, here's your 10 years of Call of Duty, Nintendo. We're going to do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and you, and what you said earlier is not wrong, they're definitely making moves that better that improve their image in this acquisition to regulators. But it also is they are actually good moves in general, like from a business standpoint. I mean, whether you're if you're not a Microsoft or an Xbox fan, fine, whatever. Nothing we say today will sound good to you. But but um, from a from a business standpoint, if they want this deal to go through, even if there wasn't opposition in the European Union or other places in regulation, they would probably still aim for these things. Because again, the goal is how do we get our services and our cloud infrastructure everywhere possible? And this is one way they do that. See, the one thing they didn't say is they like, yeah, 10 years on Nintendo platforms. Well, that means the Switch, that's either a really dumbed down, dumbed down version of Call of Duty. And by dumb, I don't mean stupid. I mean like, you know, visually well, it's going to take it's a hit. Not, everybody knows switch cannot hold up to modern consoles. No, it can't do it. It can't do it. It's not made for that. And so what I think this could mean is how they did it with a few other games, which is these are stream games. And with that infrastructure, yeah. that means, uh, you know, potentially a better experience. Uh, what was the game that did that? Oh, control did that control is a hundred. You can buy control on, on an, on a Nintendo platform or on switch, but you play it streamed. There yeah. is no native installed on the on the SD card version of Control on that device, and it plays really well. It plays quite well, in fact. But you know, some people may not know that they'll go spend fifty nine bucks and go, "Where the hell's the game? It's in the cloud. <laughs> what is this?" Anyway, Bo, any thoughts, feelings? Do you think uh, do you think these are empty gestures, or is this meaningful for Microsoft to say, you know, we're going to do this stuff and lock stuff in, and hey, maybe this will make Sony budge, but more importantly, make the EU go, oh, okay, fine, you guys can buy them. Yeah, I don't know what else. It seems maybe it'll work. I don't know. <laughs> That's I. I don't know the Thado. I just I don't know what else they would do to convince people they're not. Like I guess monetarily, if you're just like an overwhelming behemoth, like isn't that just where you land? Like mm. I don't know how antitrust works and all that, right? So I don't. The idea is that are they are they materially? Sony would argue yes. Are they materially standing in the way of Sony competing? by owning Activision Blizzard. And is it fair? I guess so. Like, isn't it also just like a consolidation of revenue? Like if you're just making so much money that you choke out any glimmer of hope for anyone to compete, like it may not matter that they're like, yeah, we're partnering with Nintendo, 
but like if their revenue street if if just the revenue from that merger is just so overwhelming that that you know doesn't all those gestures just don't matter because they stand to make a ton of money. Like it right. seems like the only thing that gets asked is like you gotta divest some stuff if you want that. Right. So I don't I don't know. They've even suggested <laughs> that. They suggested that they don't include Blizzard with the acquisition, that that's a separate yeah. thing and it runs on its own. Which to be honest, uh, Call I Call of Duty as well. They also oh, suggested yeah. Call of Duty be completely relegated yeah. to its own like, thing. I, I don't know what the law the world of law around this antitrust is, right? Like there there is an answer. It's probably very easy to the people in the know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know, without getting too deep into it, you could circumvent regulation. But you know, there there are reasons and examples why you might make exceptions. So maybe I don't, I, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors with that deal. I mean, you know, I don't think Microsoft isn't like, we need the business. Like, it's kind of <laughs> just like, why not? Let's buy. Like, I don't, I don't understand what ABK has that Microsoft really needs. Like, they don't need it per se, but they do, right. they do, it does vastly improve their portfolio very quickly in the same way Bethesda's sure. acquisition did and all of that. But the way, the way I think that, that this I just want to keep winning. The way they would argue this, though, is that Activision Blizzard already exists and they already make these games and these things already end up on these platforms. And so Microsoft's saying, well, we'll continue to honor that and make sure they end up on these platforms. We're even willing to sign these deals, which Activision's Activision's deal to publish on PlayStation actually ends next year. Now, one would assume without all this story of acquisition, they would just in perpetuity renew that that deal. But think of it as Madden or whatever. You know, Madden signs a deal with the NFL. It lasts for a certain amount of time. They renegotiate and they re-up the deal. It's a little bit like that already with consoles. And in this case, Microsoft's saying, yeah, we'll we'll keep doing it. In fact, we'll sign one for 10 years right now and we just skip over next year's cancellation. You're just, we just keep going. And Sony's not budging. So if it, whether Microsoft owned all that or it continued to be its own thing with Activision... It's the same for Sony or Nintendo. In fact, it's better for Nintendo because they weren't getting anything from Call of Duty. And in Sony's case, they don't. Nothing changes for them. They just keep publishing it. I, I guess. I guess, like as the weeks have gone on, because we haven't talked about it in any meaningful depth in a little while, this news of the acquisition happened at a low point for ABK. Yeah. But I find myself asking. I'm like, you know what do I care if Microsoft owns it? Like the timing was that like Ugg Kotick, Ugg ABK leadership, even as early, as recent as this week with the Barra's slamming, <laughs> slamming meeting that I heard all about on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I'm still like, well, there's this perception that Microsoft is like, will do well by it. But I, like the ultimate version of Halo was a real punt. Like it was, you know, like, I, <laughs> I, I'm not like, oh yeah, Microsoft will save anything. Like I it may make better a better workplace for the people working there, but it, you know, that's good. Mm-hmm. But they can also quit and go work for Microsoft. <laughs> the company sucks too. Like we don't have to do a transaction of IP necessarily. And yeah. there are lots of new IPs around the corner. So I it's not that I don't want it to happen. I just feel like I'm not that invested either way. Like I don't know that this I don't know to what degree this solves things. You know, it's like out of the frying pan into the fire kind of perspective on it. So, you know, I, I'm I like my uh, just from my perspective, I'm like, 
I don't know. I don't know if it's a, a great outcome. Maybe it should be shut down. I, I don't know why. I think it's just Blizzard fans really want to see the leadership fixed. We want Activision gone. <laughs> like, like honestly, like, yeah. like I think a lot of the you know there were some bad apples. They had to come to that moment to clean house. But what I hear subsequently, and just all, all the different release and drafts of emails, is they're in a different world and they don't uphold Blizzard values. And the only outcome that's a good one is what they should do is let just they should just let go of Blizzard. We'll sell you. Uh, Activision and King and Blizzard, you know, just in my dream of dreams, just you, you guys just take your company. Like just just take your company and buzz off. Here's it's possible. It, Mike Mike Morheim buy it from me for a dollar. <laughs> well, you know I'm not I mean? gonna like, do that, like, but that I, would I get be the point. ideal outcome. And then Microsoft gets to merge and then Blizzard just gets to, you know, try and pivot away from the darkness that it encountered. Yeah. And and be, Don't give it to Morheim though. He I'm not. I'm not yeah, saying well, he perpetuated it, but that dude. That dude. Give it to the the one who wants it the least is the one most um, uh, worthy of leadership. It should be Chris. <laughs> Give it to Metzen. It. It <laughs> yeah. All right, let's do it. You know, let's uh, I mean, he, like, <laughs> not that Bo's picking favorites. He's got Chris Metzen literally sitting right next to his forehead. On the yeah, yeah. Not that he's playing like, favorites, but just give it to Chris. Yeah. Look, it's if there's anyone I have a, a very strong feeling about uh, in a good way, it's that man uh, with Blizzard. I mean, there's other nice people I've met from the company too, but just Metzen. you're right about him never wanting that, though. You're right about yeah, that. Yeah, but it's just like every hero, and he's like big into hero movies. It's like. It writes itself, Chris. I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> you, yeah. you know, and that's in the scenario where they sell it to you for a dollar, right? Which mm. is not going to happen, but you know, we can he's agree. the Jesus in this scenario. You come in here and you save everybody. You yeah. make the ultimate sacrifice and save the company. But maybe Bobby's listening. He's like, you know, what? I don't even like Blizzard that much. Yeah. I'll sell it for a dollar and then I'll make all this money selling the rest and the governments will be okay with it. Kodak. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is, I think I just solved the transaction. Oh, wow. Oh, boys. All right. After all this rough <laughs> done. stuff, Check it, it up. Okay. Why didn't they bring Bo in? He could have made vampire survivors in a week and he could have solved this in 15 minutes. <laughs> I just solved it in 15. You watched me solve it. <laughs> we saw it in real time, man. That was amazing. Wow. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's uh, all the talk right now uh, because they're they're in the middle of having to convince the EU that they're going to make good on whatever they're going to make good on. And um, it will determine a lot. So uh, we'll keep our eye on it. We'll talk about it more on the show as things come up. And uh, we'd love to hear your feedback as well. Oh, look what just arrived. A question from a patron. It's time for our Patreon message of the week. This came from Tez, who asks us this following question. How do you personally determine what a game is worth uh, at the cost of purchase, if the game, sorry, if the game is worth the cost of purchase, do you look at the length of time it will take to complete and compare to the dollar spent, or do you buy things on impulse and not really do a fun per dollars comparison? Says Tez. Well, I think it's a great question. Yeah, um, I very rarely consider fun per dollars as no. a like as a thought. I I really don't. I never check how long the game is. I never check. You know, I, I've gotten, I've been around games for a very long time. And while I'm not infallible, you know, I always point to the re not re release, but the, the 2016, is it Doom? I don't remember what 2016 for out. the first one, yeah. It's supposed to remember numbers and it never happens. <laughs> uh, that Doom game, I remember constantly saying, like, nobody's reviewing it, nobody's talking about it. The gameplay looked like all you do is run and shoot things. 
Uh, I don't know if there's any depth to this thing. I think this game is going to be a flop. It's going to suck. And then it ended up being one of, if not my favorite thing that came out that year. So I am not always right about these things, but I do have a good enough nose and sense about things that I can usually look at a game, usually look at a review or two, and get enough of an idea to at least be in the ballpark of what I'm expecting versus what I'm getting. And if I'm unsure, that's what I do. Some games I buy sight unseen. You know, we live in a world where returns are possible. And, uh, you know, I, I just, to me, I, I think cost is always a, a tricky thing. Because for some people, you know, it's like, oh, video games cost $70. So $70 for a video game is no big deal. But for some people, $70 is like, why are games so expensive? Yeah. Um, yeah what is lot. going on? Uh, so it's a hard thing to quantify. Uh, it really varies from game to game. I mean, right now we live in a, an interesting time where now it feels like more often than not, the question is, am I going to have to pay for this game? Because so often it's like, well, there it is on game pass. There it is on this. Oh, it's a free to play game. You know, uh, it, it feels like more and more whenever I have to purchase a game, I'm just sitting there going like, do I really have to buy this? And I'm like Googling this and. Do I have to pay for Elden Ring? Mm. I, I guess I have to buy yep. Elden Ring. I didn't know. And then you <laughs> go and you purchase it. Like, it's it's kind of a weird time for video games in that regard. But um, that doesn't answer your question. I don't think about it very much. No, I think that actually kind of helps because that's that's kind of me too. It's a, lot of in, it's a lot of intuition. It's a lot of, uh, oh, I like what these developers have done three games in a row. How's the fourth one going to be bad? Like, like it's generalizations, but are based on experience. I like to see aggregate reviews on Steam in particular, because even though Steam can be a bit of a shit show when it comes to reviews and bombing and all that, most of the time you can look at it and get a pretty good idea of 10,000 people have put it in overwhelmingly positive territory. You're, and it's a genre you like, you're in pretty good hands, usually. Um, that's one factor, but it's not the only factor. Um, so I, I take a bunch of that into, into account. I feel like, of all of us, though, Bo's maybe the most intuitive because you know what you like and you know it when you see it sort of stuff. I don't know. I don't want to speak for you. So, Bo, what do you, how do you do it? How do you make that determination? And do you have a, a fun per or a dollar per fun uh, ratio that you try to adhere to? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think it's all just – I mean, it is really silly, right, the price of games? Like, it's – how do you quantify it? Vampire Survivors, three ninety nine sold billions – yeah. Like if you don't look at it, look at it at the other end. How much does each game deserve to make, really? If you're trying to judge it on a certain merit, or, you know, there might be a game that only made $20,000 that had 100 hours of work in it, and there's a game that made millions with, you know, a weekend of work like Vampires. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. you know, what's fair? What is fair in the pricing? And I think it's... um. I don't know. It, it's it's really hard because sometimes I'll think, man, I spent ninety bucks on this. This was worth it. And sometimes you buy Duke Nukem Forever, and you know, you you complain about the price of games because it was terrible, and there's no refunds back then. Yeah, and um, it just it does seem a little silly. Did they ever so, fix that game? Is that a game you could play today and go, ah, oh, they sure they no. sure did ride on that game finally. I don't, no, the issues were not technical. Okay. The issues were intrinsic to... It's a good question. It was before we got... It was pre-No Man's Sky, who, you know, Sean... The video game industry should be really mad at Sean Murray. 
Because he's really showing them what's possible and how yeah. big a dicks the game industry can be about their games. Honestly, he's like, and not just like big industry, like everyone. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know a game more supported than No Man's Sky at this point for mm-hmm. free um, than that game. You guys so. realize? Okay, so a couple. Of, I agree with you. First of all, second of all, Duke Nukem Forever came out in twenty freaking eleven, June that year. Yeah, it has been a minute since that thing yeah. happened. <laughs> Um, all right, so launched on PS3, Windows 360, and according to this, they never did much after. I mean, they didn't they didn't update it. I'm used to this. I am used to this new idea of if you really want your players to support you, you got to tweak until you're good, and they didn't do it. it yeah, or at least bummer. make good on fixing it. Like uh, you know, CD Projekt Red did did made good. You know, they want to they even want to release a sequel. It's like we don't care. This game's going to succeed. You know. Yeah, but as John and, says, like, is it was it even technical in this case? It was more like just the shit. It was bad writing, bad level design, bad. Sh- the shooting was, felt bad. Like Every- the shoot, like the controls were janky. The story was dumb, and it just didn't feel awesome. Like it felt yeah. like like also it was even at the time that it was old. You know, like it was just. Old engine, old yeah, like, and I mean for that era. Mm-hmm. The the tricky thing with Duke Nukem Forever is you are you are dealing with something that isn't. It was a, a wish fulfillment, right? Like it was a game that had, was highly anticipated after Duke Nukem 3D came out. It was in development forever, and then it ended up just no, it's never happening. And then Gearbox swoops in and goes, "No, it's happening. We're releasing it." Mm-hmm. So. You're getting something that is already kind of of the past. So I do feel like to a degree, you do have to check expectations at the door that you're getting something. You're getting the revival of something that was old, but it just was it just wasn't fun. Like Mm -hmm. it it just wasn't good (laughs) on any level, not even on a oh, well, you know, if I pretend that it was 10 years ago, it's fun. It was just not good, period. Um and it's a little tricky with Duke Nukem Forever like that, but you can also, uh, their game Aliens Colonial Marines was like this, where that was an oh, anticipated yeah. title. The issues were technical, and if I remember correctly, they did not fix them. Mm-mm. So no. uh, it's a pretty common thing. Talk Just about a company. Gearbox as an example again. Talk about a company that relied entirely on the strength of Borderlands 1, 2, and three and beyond i mean that ip and and let everything else just kind of hang out there a little bit i know they publish now which is not the development arm but back then that was them making it and both of those games are just bad and they just moved on like all right well we got borderlands money don't worry about it that's how it felt yeah i don't know if that's true that's how it felt Anyway, we hope this answers your very good question, Tez. Thank you for that. And if you are in our Patreon and you occasionally see these uh, posts that pop up asking for your questions, that's why. And we'll read them right here on the show. More details at patreon.com slash core show. Right? <laughs> I think so. I didn't mean to say that in a hesitant way. <laughs> is that way. how they reach us? Yeah. I, hold on. There it is. Core show. Try I always forget. I hate that someone else had the name core and I, I'm still mad about him, but heard about Just it. Just dial 10 hands yep. into your telephone device and leave us a message. You bastards. Let's discuss the games we played this week. John and I, uh, I read your Twitter post today and it made me real or yesterday. Maybe it made me realize yeah. you and I are almost in a hundred percent in sync on at least one issue with atomic heart. <laughs> Which yeah, we played this week. Atomic Heart. Yeah, so we're going to talk about Atomic Heart. John and I both played it. Um, it was uh, it's on Game Pass, which is where I played it, 
And uh, also the first game that I tested the uh, Steam Deck Game Pass streaming on it worked great, no issues. Um, and I also played it on PC, uh, back and forth a little bit. Anyway, I think you're a little farther than me, but Atomic Heart is weird. And I mean that in both good and bad ways. It is really weird looking <laughs> and, 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 it, and that's the good stuff. The design is crazy cool of the enemies, a lot of the environments, the, some of the concepts are just wacky, tabacky, nut nutty shooter stuff that I feel like I haven't seen since Bioshock um, is what it reminds me of a lot. Or even to some degree, it reminds me of like a BJ Blazkowicz game. This feels like uh, one of those Wolfenstein sequels. Yeah. And, uh, in, 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 and in some ways, that's in a good way. In one very particular way, they don't even come close to BJ Blazkowicz and his personality. And if there was, and so basically here's what John said, and I agree with him. If there was ever a game that made a better argument for having a silent protagonist, it's Atomic Heart. Freaking shut that guy up. I don't even think it's the voice actor. He's fine. It's what they give him to say. It's terrible. Just horrible. Listen, I hate when he talks. The glove is fine. When when Charles is talking, I don't mind it. But when our main uh, protagonist says words... I'm, I throw up a little. It's He's really bad, in my opinion. Uh, so I wanted to get that out early. But the game itself, it plays fun. It shoots great. There's, there's some of the weirdest enemy designs I've ever seen. The actual combat's okay. It's fine. Um, he has a way, this act, not this actor, but this character has a way of making what should be this epic, mysterious, Bioshock-like experience feel like throw away. It's hard to explain, but it really kind of not ruins it for me, but it comes close to ruining it for me. So John, I'll let you add on to that. Cause to me, it's the biggest flaw in the game. It's a problem. Yeah. Uh, this game is really weird for every very cool, like, Oh, neat. You're totally nailing the aesthetic decision. They make there is an equally like, what the hell are you doing decision <laughs> on the back end of it? Yeah. Um, the, the primary issue is definitely with the protagonist who is just absolutely mind numbingly confusing. He goes from being happy and quirky, and maybe we're supposed to think that this guy's a little silly to just being a dick for no reason, uh, out of nowhere. And it's just very strangely written. Now we are dealing with a game that I'm sure was translated and maybe we're dealing with some translation issues too. Um, but also the the quantity of dialogue in this game is on par with other titles that you know how I feel about, like Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> this is a game that likes to interrupt dialogue with more dialogue so that you can then get back to the original dialogue you were listening to. Wow. And then be introduced to yet more dialogue on the back end of it. Yeah. I was trying to figure out the convoluted... And it's not terrible, but it's menus and it's tutorial and you've never seen it before. Um, like talent specking and weapon crafting menus of the game. And during it, a vending machine is like, sorry, Scott, my ear the entire time I'm trying to do this. And I mean that literally yeah. the entire time I'm reading the menu, I'm just hearing a robot 
voice in my ear going, oh, yeah, look at it. Look at it. Oh, it's so good when you look at this menu. Ugh. Oh, I hated it. I'm like, what is, what is this? Yeah. How am I supposed to concentrate? You're not wrong. On what we're doing in this game and take it seriously while this is happening. And it wasn't that funny of a joke. It was initially. At first I was like, oh, haha, he's getting attacked by the sex robot. But then it keeps going and it just keeps going and going and going. And it is is way too much. Mm. And it's not from a prudish standpoint. Like, I'm all for the joke. Like, of course, this society made sex robots. Why not? But I'm trying to play your game. And for a game that takes its primary inspirations from Half-Life from Bioshock, <laughs> from great games where protagonists know to shut the hell up. It is shocking that they decided to include so much non-stop talking. It's like, here's a tense, very environmental, dark scene. So naturally, it's the most logical time for this doofy-ass soldier to be arguing with his hand. Mm. And... It constantly takes me out of the environment, which I think is incredible. And so that's that's the part that's frustrating about it is because for all those things that I just complained about, the enemies are kind of wild and cool. I like that, you know, when you swing the axe at the android bodies, you see tears and rips in them. And I like that they move not quite like humans. I like that they're unsettling looking. I love how the environments look. Mm -hmm. um, I love the atmosphere of it. I think the moves could potentially be cool, although, and you're showing it right now on the stream, mm. there's a whirlwind axe attack that makes me feel uh, sick, and I don't even get sick playing first-person shooters. Every it's time I do it, it just starts really disorienting. Super disorienting. Yeah. I don't like it. It's like playing a Fury Warrior or uh, a Barbarian in Diablo, but in first-person, and you're like, oh, this is a challenging job. I don't think this is good. Um but there are there are really, really neat things in here. And I just feel like the dialogue and the characterization are constantly at odds with the stuff in here that is cool. I agree. And, yeah. And yeah. I, I think it's really unfortunate because I think it takes a game. I don't think Atomic Heart is an exceptional game. No. I think it's probably a good game. It sure had potential a, to be, though, because the way this looks and feels if you just had really good writing and really good acting and really good whatever around it, you could have real. I mean, you know, put it in, put it in the hands of a Half Life writer or something. You'd have it. You'd have a game, dude. It would be better. I still don't think it would be exceptional. Like it still doesn't quite know what it wants to be. There's still some really confusing. It's like, hey, what are you swim through this gel? Hey, here's eight different ways to unlock a door. Like. They introduce you to the lock picking mini game, and you're like, "Oh, okay, so I guess this is how we're gonna pick locks." And then they're like, "Oh, here's a different lock. Mm. Now you got to play this lights game." And you're like, "Okay, so it's lock picking, and then this lights game." And then they go, "Hey, here's another door. Oh, this they one love you got to rotate panels yeah. to open." And you're like, "Okay, so it's those two ways." Then you get to another door. It's like this one needs a key. You're like, okay, so this one needs a key. This one's rotating panels. This one's this. And then you get to another door, and it's like. This one needs a password. You're just like, how many of these damn doors are there going to be? How many mechanics are you going to introduce me to? They're kind of like, a, they're kind of disguising puzzle mechanics in these locks, and I think that's a mistake because gamer gamer memory is that locks are a thing, 
and we deal with them, but we deal with them the same in games. Like we just, once we know, then we know, and then we do it every time. And it's either build up the skill and fall out, or it's find the right key in some other game, or it's learn the combination or whatever it is. And this game's like, what if we gave you like 15 missed puzzles, but they were all with locks. It's really weird. It's a, it's yeah. an odd choice. I agree. And, and it's one of those cases where again, your super quippy protagonist is very quick to be like, Oh, come on. Another different type of lock. I guess I got to figure this out too. Huh? Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, okay. You're complaining about what I'm complaining about. Maybe the people who are programming the game should be self-aware enough to know that if literally the character in the situation is annoyed by it, so will the players yeah, be. Yeah. And that maybe is something you shouldn't do. So um, I think this game is okay. I was excited to stream it when it first came out. Yeah. And then I very quickly was like, you know, I don't need to keep streaming this game. And I am i don't know how much I have in me to finish it. I think this is a perfect Game Pass game. Yeah. Um, because I don't think this is a, again, going to game value, it's weird. I don't think this is worth $60, $70. No, that, see, that's, I agree. That's the other thing is if you're paying full price for this game, I would, I think I feel bad because it's not <laughs> good enough. It's not, it's just, and I'm not even that far to make a full judgment, but I, I think you kind of, I mean, you have a taste for what they're going to give you pretty early. And even though visually I keep getting surprised and I like that about it. This feels like 39 or something. Yeah, it's not terrible. I, I And it's going to kind of seem like that's what I'm saying, but I think that's because the expectation versus reality is that I think the expectation is higher than what was delivered. But that doesn't mean that what's here is bad. I think the game looks really cool, except for the weird birds that for some reason oh, yeah, look awful. And then they were like, yeah, these birds are good enough. We're going to put them right in front of the camera. And I'm like, I think that bird model's flying backwards and upside down. They're like, yeah, put it right in front of the screen. That's perfect. Yeah, let's F it um, up for, for all to see. Um, I know you didn't mention it, but I, it's just because I saw it just now and I wanted to make sure to say it before I forgot. I like how you loot shit. I like that yeah. left arm, suck it out with electricity thing with your glove. Uh, opens all the drawers like a vacuum and then all the stuff gets in your inventory. I think that's really cool. But I think that's also a perfect example of what my criticism for the game is. Mm. That is a really cool innovation to not have to open each individual drawer and then press a button to loot it, to just hold F and like scan over it and open it up. And yet somehow, despite how easy that is, despite how effective that seems to be, Looting is still tedious in this game. There's still somehow too much stuff to open, and it still takes too much time between holding up my hand in the you're a loser symbol and then putting it back down and going, okay, there's still some drawer that I didn't mouse over properly on this cabinet that I got to go and now hover over. It doesn't feel like on the back end it actually saved any time to the press F to open loot the drawer. So it's this like, oh, this is innovative and cool, but then in practice, oh no, you know, it's kind of just on par with everything else we've had. Yeah, I give you that. I, I found it easier on controller, uh, the looting, I mean, in particular, because I was doing the Game Pass test on my uh, Steam Deck. So I tried with the controller, and that actually kind of felt good because it's just a simple little. I move my finger up here and hold it. Controllers are good for that. I feel like when I was doing it on the desktop and I had to, and I was using the F key, that drove me nuts. 
Like it, it just yeah. felt like, oh, I have to hold this down any longer and I'm already holding it. Oh, double tapped it, didn't mean to. Okay, let go, start over. Like there's that whole there is some rigmarole with that. And yeah, that that is a that is probably where I land the most, which is there is something here that's very rad just under the surface uh, of a bunch of, of like just bad old video game problems. That I think we fixed in some other kinds of games and this game just like didn't learn from those. I don't know. It's very weird. Anyway, I think it's worth checking out if you have game pass. If you don't, I would not pay full price for this game. There's my review. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, that's probably the best way to, to say it. Yeah. And uh, I have heard, cause I had, when I did that tweet, I did have people responding and make comments that maybe you should change the language. This game isn't like Yakuza. Like, Yakuza is one of those games where you boot it up and Yakuza straight up asks you, do you want to hear this in Japanese or right. do you want to hear this translated? Which always tells me that, like, hey, there's something to be gleamed from playing this in its original language. Um, people have told me this game is better to not listen to in English, that if you just put it translated, it's going gonna, it's gonna to play better with subtitles. But whenever that's just a menu option I have to think of and go do, it doesn't quite hit the same as when the game's like, hey, this game's probably better in its native language instead of, you know, this translation to English, which sometimes falls apart because there are times where somebody says something and I go, what did they just say? I don't. I don't think those words go together in the way that they think those words go together. So I yeah. think there's some glaring translation issues with there this is. game as well. I, you know, and again, they're, it's all competently acted. I can just tell the source material's rough. Did you guys meet the mommies? Yeah, uh, briefly. They didn't do anything. They come up a bunch. I heard there was a six-hour sex scene in the game. Oh, six <laughs> hours? What? I, really? I didn't. I didn't see it, but I did have a cabinet try to have sex with me. Yeah, for, there's a horny. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's with it's with the mummies, the twin mummy twins. Oh, okay. I haven't seen them. I guess I'm not that far. No, you yeah. did. They gave you the key to the car that the robot. Oh, carried. those that's two. What, that's what everybody's all excited about because they're tall lady robots. Oh, okay. I did see that. You know one. how people get with tall people? Like mm-hmm. this has been an issue ever since Resident Evil Village. As soon as someone's tall. The internet is going <laughs> to just get on its knees and make them taller, I guess. I don't know. It's I'm 6'4". Really I need, I need some robots. of this tall love you're talking about. I'm, I've been tall my whole life, and I don't know. Maybe you should play it till you get to that scene and then sort of judge. Maybe you'll like it. I'll just go stream yeah. it, or I'll just go find somebody's video of it. I'm not sure I can handle it. <laughs> but go like the, the, the upgrade cabinet that's all horny and stuff, I, I think they think they're funnier than they are, the writers of this. It's none of it really landed on me. And maybe it's a translation yeah. issue. Maybe not. But it just was like, really? That's mm. a joke. The only joke I laughed at was the guy's talking and he says, the other, the, your, your robot hand goes, uh, well, later on, we need to go t- try and open that door using the blah, blah, blah that you just acquired. And he goes, all right, well, give me a second. I got to take out these guys and then I'll give you a hand. <laughs> and then makes a stupid little laugh at the end. <laughs> About his hand. And that's dumb as hell, but it made me giggle a little. All right? That's as far as you got me, game. You yeah. just aren't funny I, otherwise. I think it's funny we talked about Duke Nukem on this in this episode because, to me, the main character feels like if you took a theater nerd and you said, hey, you're going to play Duke Nukem, ad-lib some lines for me. And, like, this is a theater nerd's vision of Duke Nukem cool. Like, there's literally a scene where he goes through a big crash and then just lights up a cigarette because, yeah, because this cool dude 
is going to smoke right after a crash because that's what cool guys do. And it just feels so forced and fake. And you can see how somebody thought it was cool, but it feels 100% artificial. Like it doesn't, you can do that, but there's a way to do that and feel cool. And this game does not do that. This feels extremely forced every time the main character is supposed to be cool. Also, his catchphrase is crispy critters. Yeah. Just, he he said it twice, and I haven't played the game very much, so I imagine it's going to be happening a couple times. They're really trying to make crispy critters work, and that is not a cool phrase. They're trying to make it a thing. It ain't working. Yes, it isn't. Nope. Um. Anyway, it's it's again Game Pass. Yes, it looks fantastic. Like selling why right? you know you look at screenshots and video. It's like it's easy to see if this sells a ton. It's easy to see why the weapons look wild. Like it looks yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the the art design and world is is super cool. And I imagine a lot of people are going to hear, oh, what a gamer are they talking about? Atomic Heart. They're going to see the pictures and they're going to go, there's no way this game's bad. Like, yeah, no, it, it looks though. insane. Look it. And it's that's because beautiful. it looks so good. It looks good every second anything's happening. It's just another reminder that that does not make a great game. It can make a a better game, <laughs> but not an amazing game. So I don't know. I, maybe maybe I get further and I change my mind right now. I'm just feeling a little bit middling about it. Um, We'd love to know what you guys think out there. Send us your, your emails and your thoughts. I was going to say... I was expecting because I was told that there was a bunch of Mick Gordon tracks in this, and I haven't heard any of them. Oh, he! I think he did synth work here. It's not metal, really. Yeah, he's, um, he's maybe a, I am he's, hearing he's, it. He's he's, a, he's um more than one genre kind of person. I I I've looked at his Twitter feed and stuff, and he'll talk about synths and and all that kind of business too. He doesn't. So maybe I have metal. heard it. I don't know. None of it's yeah. been jumping out. I at did any. hear one killer song. I don't remember where it was, but I heard. It. I was like, oh, okay. This soundtrack's got something to do. So mm. uh, music seemed pretty good too like uh, Doom, when I noticed Doom, it. Sure. Doom gets a lot of credit for being metal, but there's actually a lot of synth. That's true. Used yeah. in the Doom soundtrack, and like nobody talks about that because the guitars are what stand out, and it's part of the brand identity. But there's actually a lot of synth in the Doom, his Doom soundtracks yeah. too. That main that main track where it reproduces the original Doom uh, MIDI song. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that gets me going like nothing else. You need me to shovel snow? Fine. Just let me have that in my earbuds. Were you listening to that? Well, I do a lot. Not <laughs> not this week. Kim, when I was out there and hurt my back, it was just me being dumb and my wife filmed <laughs> part <laughs> of it. I'm there ripping and tearing snow until it is done. That's a short core idea game. Yeah, get snow off the roof. Doom snow shoveler. Sure. I'll do I'd play that. You kidding? Yeah, no, you go. They should make it like actually where it's like, you know, because glory kills, you kind of zoom to the enemy and tear it apart. Mm-hmm. But in, in, in Doom Shoveler, you zoom to Doom the show and then shovel like, <laughs> I like Doom Shoveler. That's a great name. Yeah, I'm, be, yeah. We're keeping it. We're doing Is it. Is there a snow shoveling short card game? That seems to there be. There are games with. So when you play uh, House Flipper, there are levels where you have to clear snow, but they're not like fancy snow moving. It's, it's like, yeah, no, we need one just dedicated to snow shoveling because there is a satisfaction when there's snow everywhere versus yeah. when you get that path all nicely carved out or your laneway. Mm-hmm. 
Oh shit! I shouldn't have said anything. No, I'd love that. I, you Next million someone, dollar yeah. chorecore idea right here. I'll bet those be able to do like a Calvin and Hobbes esque where it goes all around the yard <laughs> yeah. before it gets to the car, or build snowmen around the car oh, while you're there yeah. as soon as you're moving snow. Hell yeah! Snowmen or my neighbor made a giant well. penis in his yard the other day. A great big yeah, wiener. Yeah. Oh, he did. Oh yeah! I should have taken a picture of it. I I couldn't from where I could see it very well, but big old wiener. Cops. That's almost like. I don't think you're allowed to make wieners in the snow. <laughs> I don't know. As far as I know, it's legal. I, I never tried. Never thought to try. What a, what, what a, I can think of a few. I can think of a few. Parents are probably pissed, but um, I don't think it's illegal. As far as I know, maybe the HOA doesn't like it. I don't know. I'd have to look into it. But <laughs> sorry, did you put a penis there? No, my snowman <laughs> fell apart. Yeah, that'll be an extra Thank forty you bucks for a month. Reminding me of a trauma that I was really upset about. Here's the thing, though. Uh, sideways. Those those people that made. Um, uh, lawnmower sim they could probably do a pretty good snow removal simulator because the idea that i would want would be yards or you know driveways yes but also street contracts like the city like we had here we just had four feet of snow which we haven't had in a decade all in one storm mm-hmm. and bo gets that kind of stuff all the time but what you do is you set it up so that you're contracted by the neighborhood you do you do little jobs for people's things but you upgrade your your thing till you're driving like a uh an suv what are they called atv with a big shovel in front, and the neighborhood hires you to just clear out the streets, not hit the cars. We do that with out. pickup. We have pickups and big construction vehicles all winter long, clearing roads. I would buy this game. And hey, not, it's not just tie uh, in, get Mr. Plow memorabilia oh, or Plow King. Uh, yeah, 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 that's a great t- uh, brand tie in. Shoot, this is the this is the future. Let's make it in a weekend because that's all it takes to make a video game one yes. weekend. Once I uh, learn everything, then maybe. But. <laughs> I just like the meme. I know that you know it doesn't do that. But I just like the meme. Uh, all right, let's move on to other games we played. This is some stuff I played on my own. I played a game called Dust and Neon. And I'm going to shock you with what it's about. It's about uh, the mashing up of a Western and cyberpunk. Um, that what does- would you like about such a universe, Scott? Well, you'd think... I like both those things a lot. Like the, the, those are two genre settings I could spend all day with in film and books and TV and whatever, and video games. I'd love it all. Yeah. Um, but this game is decidedly a roguelike. It is one of those. And you, you got a base and this professor dude that sends you on these missions and the missions are randomized. And when you go out and do them, you live as long as you can. And if you die, you come back, you bring some of your stuff back and you apply it to upgrades and then if you finish it, you have more to apply to upgrades and you get random weapons when you start and you take a pistol and a shotgun with you and eventually you get un- you unlock a third weapon uh, for like a sniper. And it's uh, this top-down, isometric, three-quarter view looking thing and you play this cowboy robot who is cleaning out uh, all the trouble in town. And uh, it is a fun loop. It's very well, really well done. Um, some have complained that it's this should be 15 bucks. And it's like 29. I know I can see why they would say that because it is it's there's nothing here that's like mind blowingly different than a lot of games like it um, other than the aesthetic and the setting and all of that. And so I, I think maybe oh, it like is hollow night a, a little bit like that. Yeah. Oh, we're going to get shit for that. Email generator right there. Boom. Engagement. Yeah. You're welcome. I just brought more engagement to the show. John's an engagement farmer and just brought in a huge load from the, from the farm. Isn't Hollow Knight a good game? 
Hollow Knight is supposed to be an Some excellent game. Some people think so, yeah. <laughs> I don't like it for the same reasons John doesn't, and we get shit every time about Hollow Knight. Mm-hmm. I'll I bet played it. you should play it, Bo, and then we would have either a complete agreement or we'd have somebody who's on the side of... <laughs> yeah, the the people who like Hollow Knight, which is the majority, to be clear, need yeah. an advocate, so yeah. you should play it. They do need yeah. They they are the way... The, the, we are punching up, okay? It's not the other way yeah. around. Anyway, um... This is, uh, it's what you think it is. It's go out, shoot a bunch of stuff. Um, it's dual stick shooter, which I like. I also like the uh, kind of methodic control feels a bit more like a Hotline Miami kind of combat. Not quite as deadly or as immediate because you, you have hit points and all that. But that kind of like visceral, like, oh shit, he's in the room. Boom, 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 kill it kind of feeling is in this. Um, and I think the levels are fun. It's got this, uh, this uh, cell shaded art style to everything. I think it works fine for what it is. Um, the meshing of an old Western and cyberpunk ideas is kind of cool. Does and it play well? Because I just saw in the gameplay on the screen, you seem to have a perfect aim on something and miss four times. Uh, this was someone else, and I don't know why they missed. They shouldn't have missed. Oh, okay. I, I, would, it looks like <laughs> right, I was just I would have watched a lot of... It looks like, like you have a cone of fire. Yeah, and he's using his keyboard, I think, which... I do not recommend. The, I would the play tri- the triangle is a cone of fire. Yeah, they, it, it, exactly. So you're going to have a percentage of missing it. Bo's right about that. Um, in this case, that was the shotgun, and they all actually have kind of a cone. So some of them are better. Some have better long range. Some guns, and the guns drop and feel a lot like they do in Borderlands. They even color a lot like they do. So you'll get random guns while you're out, and you'll unlock blueprints while you're out. And uh, would play this with a controller for sure. I don't. Does it, it does look like top down uh, Borderlands. Yeah, it is kind of that. That's a good way of putting it, actually. Except it's a roguelike, but it's kind Without of the multiplayer, and it's a roguelike. But yeah, yeah. Um, Man, I had a really good time with it. I, I think it's really fun. Roguelike. The developer, you know, uh, all things exposed or all transparency, the developer sent me a code, so I didn't pay the thirty bucks that other people are complaining about. But um, well, that's nice of them. Yeah, it was very nice, and it's really. Fun. I like it. Oh, and uh, right out of the gate, just a perfect little Steam Deck game. Just uh, just perfect on that device. Did they know Bo and I are on the show as well? They, I don't know if they do. <laughs> no, they, of course <laughs> they do. Some of these people, I just get stuff. Stuff just shows up in the mail. And it's usually because like I have a relationship. Oh, you're with on, the, yeah, you're on lists, right? I'm I got reached lists. out to be put on a TTRPG list, but I didn't want all the reading. Oh, that's a lot of reading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to be, you know, like here, can you, you know, it's just not what we're doing. If sure. we were doing that show, then maybe. But Nobody wants to send me anything. They've heard my thoughts on Hollow Knight. <laughs> Oh no! It's just yeah. The Hollow Knight devs have really got around, and they've they've. Uh, I don't send him anything. He doesn't give John. I shit. think what most people will be thinking if that's what you think of Hollow Knight, you're gonna tear my game with a new butthole. Could be, but we all do that. I, to you some know, degree. be ourselves though. You know, think what you think, and you know, that's what people want. Cards, cards lie where they may. We don't need free games. And I'm happy to say, I will say, I think this is a really good one of these. You know what you're getting into? It's a roguelike. Go shoot some stuff. Come back. Improve. That's the game. Is it? Is it enough game for 30 bucks compared to other games that are closer to 15 that do very similar things? I think that's a valid criticism. It's a little expensive. So I would say that. Now I'll never get a code again. Just kidding. They're, they're, <laughs> yeah, no, we, done. We, we, we are worth a way it. to put an end to that. Yeah, they'd rather We, we are worth it. We get people, the, the number of people that drop into my Twitch chat that are like, you got us to, you got me to buy this game or on Twitter. It's a lot. Oh, it happens a lot, yeah. And it also behooves us to be honest about what our feelings are. I'm never going to tell you guys a game's good if it sucks. I should be on the free VR uh, list for Meta. 
I think I can count that is like true. 50 they people should. that are like, I bought my VR headset. Help, uh, how do I start? Like, I get DMs from people. Help, help me set up Skyrim. I bought my VR headset. Like, send some merch our way. I'll move some VR headsets for you there, Mark. Yeah. Legitimately, you are a, I hate the terms, like influencer and stuff like that, but you influence people's decisions based on your passion or your tastes, and it's real. So I think it's that sweet spot where it's it's cheap enough that someone could buy one and try it out, but it's expensive enough to understandably hold back, right? right like. Right. Like a lot of people do. And so there's a, I can push them off the cliff. <laughs> you know, getting someone to buy a video game is not that expensive. It's pretty easy. We buy all kinds of games we don't play. But, anyways, all that to say, sure. Yeah, codes. Now, Let's watch this. Them. I'm going to show something to the stream and you guys will see it as well. It's one of my favorite things I almost forgot to say about the game. When you've finished firing at something, the reload is awesome. Just check this out. Oh, yeah. I was noticing that. It's very cool. So he fires a shotgun. I thought that was very cool, too. See, yeah. he puts it up on screen like that. And that happens with all the gun types. It's very cool. Little tiny detail. Doesn't really affect gameplay, but there's a visceralness to it. Also, just the shooting feels meaty and dangerous and hardcore and things break. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, I just tore that a robot a new butthole. And I don't know. It's good. It's real good. Anyway, I like it. Neon and Dust, or Dust and Neon on Steam. Can I just uh, ask you a question about it? Because it does look interesting, but a lot of what you've shown visually didn't look too, too intense. Like, does it get, Oh yeah. does it ramp up in intensity? Definitely yeah, does. A lot of, you know, like those Hades white knuckle moments when you got a bunch of dudes on the screen, you're trying not to get hit. Yeah, definitely more, I, you know, I don't know if I've hit Hades level of intensity, but I've definitely hit uh, zones in this thing. This is very early for this video. It's like, I think the first level is all. Yeah. But I've gotten to places like where many different types, you got to learn how to dodge really well. Some of these robots shoot back. Some of them lob huge bombs at you. And then when you get them all in a room doing them the same shit at once and these roller guys are coming after you, it gets really intense. There's also a cover mechanic um, that doesn't give you 100% coverage. Well, it depends, I think, on what you're hiding behind. Um, oh, it's like a half cover, three quarters Kind of that, yeah. XCOMI style, I, I suppose, except without the the, the turn-based. But it's it definitely ramps up and the rewards do too to compensate. And I don't know. I like it for that and i think the loot's good it's random or at least feels you know it feels diablo-ish when you're picking shit up and um yeah just a good little game 30 bucks good eh mileage may vary but if this was 19 i think i could easily recommend this at 19 like full-throated recommendation because i think that oh the whole throat yeah my entire throat not just the little piece (laughs) You know, I, I reserve my throat. Does uh, that have a new ranking system? I give the half recommendation. <laughs> yeah, how much of my throat are you willing to uh, take at the moment? Anyway, uh, that's that. I also played a game which I am very excited to get back to. I've been thinking about it constantly. A uh, game I've had in my library for a while. I guess I probably picked it up in a sale. I was in the mood for a point-and-click adventure, and I think I found one that is speaking my language, and it's called Strangeland. It is weird as hell. Um, point and click adventure, all kind of hand drawn art looking stuff. Um, almost, how do I explain this? Like bad art on purpose. So mm. kind of like the stoner kid at, at uh, sitting next to you in detention is scrawling this on his desk kind of stuff. And he's maybe got issues at home and he's taking some drugs and he's got some problems. This feels like that kid made this. Um, it's from a developer that's known for having really good cred when it comes to point and click adventures. And so, um, you know, that, that, that part is already a thing. 
Uh, but it's this weird world. You're not sure. I'm not, I still don't know where I am, but I'm in some kind of nether world. It's like between life and death. Um, it's called strange land. It's kind of built like a demonic effed up. Um, uh, what, what, is it, what do you call the a carnival, like a carnival or like a, yeah. a amusement <laughs> a park kind of thing, a fair. Yeah. Okay. All that kind of stuff. And it's all just real twisted. It's all voice acted. Um, Everything is spoken. Mm. There's a girl in it who keeps jumping down a well and killing herself every time you see her, and it just keeps repeating. You don't know why, and so you talk to these strange, otherworldly denizens who are sort of like trying to give you advice. And it's a lot of sort of ask the right questions, have them drop the right thing. Now that fits with this, and I can take it back and open a deal. It's all of those things. But this game, currently overwhelmingly positive reviews on Steam, and I wanted to play it on the deck. It plays great on there, no issues. And it is a weird, like, look at this guy, this old guy under the tree. I love this art. But you know what I'm saying about this art? It's like shitty, but good. It's like, I don't know how to explain yeah, it. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Like, it, it's not aesthetically pleasing. No, but somehow it, but it's, it's right for quality. what it is. Yeah, it's yeah, hard to explain. Yeah. Um, a lot of branching dialogue, a lot of weird, obscure things. Although you never feel like it's so weird you don't know what to do. Like when I played... Uh, what was that fleshy thing that came out earlier this year? Um, can't think Scorn. of it. Scorn. Scorn. I liked Scorn, which was basically a first-person uh, adventure puzzler type click point-and-click kind of game in a, in a way. Um, except it just you never knew what the frick anything did because it was completely like you couldn't intuit anything. It was like, well, there's a big flesh hole. I guess something goes in there, and that's about as good as you could do. Whereas I have to, I have to give it to chat. They nailed it. Uh, Adhesive Wombat says it looks like a corn album cover. Yes, yes, that is spot on. Yep. That is a hundred percent. Sometimes something is just correct. Yeah, that is the correct way to well, describe well, this game's. Well, look. absolutely, well said. Um, you do a little backtracking, which I don't mind if the story's good. Look at these people here, for example. Like just so weird. It's like Tool and Corn got together and got drunk and then yeah. made a game. Uh. Hmm. It's very, very weird and very cool. If that's if any of this sounds like it's your jam aesthetically, uh, so far the story and the writing is very good. The puzzles are good. Not too hard, not too obscure, but just challenging enough, I feel like. I'm decently far in, maybe an hour and a half, and I don't think it's a giant game or anything, but this is usually on sale. You'll find it on sale a bunch, and I would recommend it highly, especially on sale. It is called Strangeland. And it scratched a very particular itch I had uh, the other day looking for a game like this. And I already had it my, in my uh, library. So trying to go through that stuff. All right. Um, finally, I just checked in on Traveler's Rest, which is this uh, amazing little chore core game. Um, oh, I have to, by law, I have to play this. Work harder! There we go. Um, this game where you run a tavern. And it's called Traveler's Rest. It's this, uh, you, you run this tavern, and there's a lot of mechanics about how to make beer and make food, and you cook, and you do all this stuff. And you open your tavern, and you feed the people, and you kind of have a mini game there. And then outside, you got farming and stone to chop down and coal to get, and then machines you can have outside that are refining materials for you. It's all that stuff. So, you know, think Stardew Valley, but very focused on running a tavern. And that's the game. I've talked about it on the show before, but I, I do really like it, recommend it. It's early access, getting close to 1.0, and they've refined the hell out of it. It's real, real good right now. I actually just picked this up 
Uh, I haven't played it yet, but I just picked it up. So good to hear that it's doing well because uh, I'm I'm going to be playing it soon. You'll love this. Point. Yeah, you'll love this. Yeah. It's uh, it's one of those games done right, in my opinion. It it, it gets you know all my Animal Crossing needs, <laughs> whatever that means. It, those are all fulfilled. <laughs> Um, all my animal needs. <laughs> you you hire employees to do a bunch of the stuff you don't feel like doing um, later on. It's there's some magic. Oh, there's a broom that's going on by itself, kind of Harry Potter style. That's cleaning up when people puke or drop stuff. Sometimes you have to whip people uh, who are being dicks and get them out of the place because they're being. Jerks. I mean, yep. Sometimes you just got to do it. Yep. Sometimes that. you got to have a magic broom. Sometimes you just got to whip people. I yep, guess. Yep. You've there's, talked about this one before? Yeah, this is a while ago. It's probably a year oh, and a half ago. Forgetting a, yeah, why it was quite a bit. It. it was. It's been in early access for, I think, already two years or something. But they're they're constantly updating it. Their art styles change like three times or something. Or I shouldn't say rechanged. It's just refined and been made better. It's really good shape hmm. right now. It's all pixels and stuff, but it's uh, wonderful on Steam Deck. I think their plan is to have this everywhere. It'll be on. Switch and all that other stuff. Right now, it's just Steam, I believe. But anyway, very good game. Good Actually, one to. That's really cool. Glad mm. I checked back into it. That sounds and like you your picked jam. it up, John. Hmm. I yeah, did, see. but I haven't hmm. played it yet. Is there any co-op in that game? I don't think there is. Maybe. I think there actually is. I think there's two-person co-op where you are the innkeeper and the wife, or at least it's coming. Because I, I remember when I looked at it and saw it, I saw something about it. Yeah, it's something like that. I think you're right. Like they were, they were holding hands. They looked like a lovely, a lovely couple. Major update: local co-op. So it has local. Oh, right local now. like couch co-op. Okay. I they, guess it just seems like it has like a go out explore. I don't know if there's fight monsters in it, but you level up somehow. What's the level up? Yeah, you do have levels. Building or is that from fighting? No, the level. Well, it's from everything. So everything you do gives you level increase. So um, and there are a bunch of areas to explore. There is some combat, although I haven't done much of that yet. Um, there are parts of the town that are currently blocked off by guards or other uh, obstructions that you will eventually get through. And um, the one thing I really like is if I open my bar or I open the tavern, whenever I open it, I can have it open just for like 12 customers because I want to get through the remaining beer stock or something. And then I can close it and go out and do shit all the rest of the day. And no, there's no like problem with doing that. Um, you'll, you'll it's learn. It's not like when you worked a retail job and you closed the store to do something <laughs> right. irresponsible and there's a line out front when you get back. Exactly. You're like, oh, please don't call anybody. Yeah, exactly. So you can go out and do a lot of this adventuring and gathering and stuff and then go back and open again. Like I'd like to open at night because I can run the fire and they get, they buy more drinks and the drinks are more expensive. So I make more money at night, but you can open at 7am if you want. And those weirdos will come, come in. Yeah, you got to appeal to your, your Barneys as well as your homers. Yeah. The problem is the Barneys are sometimes a little rude and you have to go hit them with a broom and stuff like that. But it does feature that. And a lot and of the Just room- combining it. Now it's whipping with the magic. Broom. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's definitely a broom. And I can never, I don't, I don't have the magic broom yet. So every time I watch video of someone who's further than me, I get a little jealous, but it motivates me to want to keep playing. But see that that mine right there? There's some way to unlock that, unfreeze whatever that thing is in there. There's like so much little mysteries, uh, even at this stage. So anyway, I've had really high hopes for this final game and um, think a lot of people are going to be talking about it soon enough. So it's very cool. Currently in early is access. Is your main and, character customizable or does he just look like uh, Peter Capaldi, Doctor? <laughs> no, you can change him. My guy, for example, has a way longer beard. He's redheaded. 
has some, uh, so you can be a lady. You can do all that. They have, they have a full character creator at the beginning. So you'll spend two hours there probably because you're John Jagger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what you'd like to do. Yeah. Uh, it's very I, although cool I'm kind of sold on the idea of Peter Capaldi just being the. <laughs> you like your the own idea. Like, wait, I'm like, like, wait a minute. This is a win. I like him too. I liked him with all those pistons in his head in that, uh, that movie. Um, the, the Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Yeah, that was great. Uh, all right, moving on to John, who, oh, I'm so happy you're playing this. So how's Hitman World of Assassination treating you? I love Hitman, and the new roguelike mode is uh, pretty good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, so that's what I've been doing. Uh, it is definitely, so if somebody was to be getting into Hitman, mm-hmm. I would probably recommend that they start with the campaign mm-hmm. <laughs> and play through the campaign. Because the roguelite mode is hard. Yeah. It's, it's, in fact, very, very hard. Um, and it is clearly designed for people that have been telling them, hey, you know what? I still want to play Hitman, but I'm done. Because they definitely think I'm better at the game than I am <laughs> at this game. Yeah. I lose a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of, of losses in this one. Um I do think that it it's a mode that needs some work. Yeah. Uh, I actually don't think it's it's as good as it could be. Um, I find the inventory gearing up a little. It's a little punishing on the early end. Like it, it feels like. I know it's a roguelike thing that things get easier as you go, mm-hmm. but. I think it's. I think they have this concept, which I, I know Scott's talked about, so I don't want to do too much talking over it again. But basically, when you start a campaign, you get bonus objectives, and the bonus objectives pay so much more money than just killing somebody. Like killing somebody, two hundred and fifty mercers is the currency. Yeah. Um. Not just a DM. Little Matt Mercer. And yeah, uh, yeah little Matt Mercers <laughs> come out and go, "Hi, I'm Matt Mercer." Hello. Um. Yeah. And uh, so it's like 250 for killing somebody. But if you do it the certain special way, they'll give you a thousand for that. And then there's like three objectives that you can do. But a lot of the objectives that exist in the game are not achievable early in the game. They'll say like, oh, you have to poison this person, Mm -hmm. but they won't give you any poison. Um, and they won't necessarily give you the means. Like I, I assumed on one where it said, okay, you have to kill him with an ice pick. I thought, okay, well clearly that, and it even said ice picks can be purchasable from the vendor. I was like, okay, well I'll go to the vendor. The vendor did not have an ice pick and I could be wrong, but I do not believe there was an ice pick in that level. It was just counting that I had had that acquired and saved. The game doesn't recognize objectives that you're capable of completing. Um, It just gives you those objectives. And I don't think that's fun. I think it would actually be more fun to try and achieve those objectives than to have a bunch of objectives that later on in the game get easier because you have the inventory to do it successfully. Mm. So there's a part of me that feels like it's a little... It could use a little tweaking still. It still doesn't feel quite right to me as far as like difficulty and execution, but I would be lying if I didn't say for the past week, this is what got most of my game time. I constantly kept coming back to it. (laughs) Oh, and one other minor complaint. When you die, 
you need to remember to pick up your money from the table, which is stupid. Uh, yeah. They need to fix that yeah, because it is annoying. When you fail in this game, I don't know if you're like me. I get very angry. Yeah, it is a, is a very rage inducing, and it is a long walk back to the operating table to find out how, what a failure you are. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, you die, you see your guy fall on the ground, then there's a long ass loading screen of him looking hurt. Then he's laying on a table and it's blurry, and then she's got to she's got to come on and say, "Oh, Agent Forty Seven, you uh, such a screw yeah, up. She's, so she's the worst." At- Oh, Why 47. So everything you do. 47, um, I see you've effed up again, you piece of shit. 47, she keeps saying. You're she's so rude. terrible at this, but we're going to hire you again because we don't have anybody else. Yeah, she's rude. And then you, you press B to get up, and then you stretch a little, and then you have to pick up your money. Well, when you're mad because you failed because some stupid janitor saw you poison <laughs> some food after hours of trying to set up the perfect kill... You don't wait for that. You hit Alt F4 and you go yell into a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> and it turns out that if you if you do that, instead of taking half your money, they take 100% of your money and you come back with nothing. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I don't like that. That's not fair. I mean, the, the, the game is, you, you said it earlier, there's no saves, for example. There's no save scumming. The game actually actively encourages save scumming in the normal campaign modes, the old, you know, what the game shipped with, because the game is hard and you're like experimenting. It's like, well, do I kill this guy this way? Oh, I'd rather go back and try it a different way. Like that's there as part of the game. And they even do constant quick saves and then have them right there for you to choose from like the last five quick saves like oh i'll just take this one like the game knows that that's how the game's meant to be played this new mode is for weirdos who have beaten all you can beat and they've maxed the damn game out and and their challenge is over but now hey hey what if you can never save you know what if you can you you bring the wrong tool well that's on you you're gonna have to figure it like it really does not, it's very unceremonious how they yeah. just shove you into it. And I, and I really like it for that. And also it, it makes me go, well, I should just beat the campaign first. You know? Well, have you ever seen, have you ever done, because there are special missions on top of the regular missions that you can take that award even more money. But have you seen, if you pick time attack, how much time they give you to complete these missions? Like what they expect I mean, granted, they're not saying that this is like a baseline grade C time. They're they're saying this is A tier. Yeah. But like, I picked time attack because I was like, I'm pretty fast at this game. If I want to, I could probably do this. They drop you at a random point in the map, and they're like, you got two minutes. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> I haven't tried that yet. I didn't know that. That's funny. Yeah. So there's bonus there's bonus missions you can take. And usually I rarely take the timed ones because I've just found that all those timers are incredibly short. Sometimes they'll come up with ways for you to extend them. But more often than not, you just spawn and it's like, yeah, go kill him in two minutes with an ice pick. Don't be seen by anybody. Don't change your disguises and don't get caught by any security cameras. And you're like, you give me two minutes for this? It's clearly not. No. The, the, mode, the mode is a love letter. Me. The mode is a love letter to hardcore players of, of Hitman. Like the, it's yeah. clear to me that's who they're aiming this for. And, and, and by, you know, by natural succession, hopefully you're a player that gets to that point if you're out there and you're just like kind of a noob to it one day maybe you'll want to do this roguelike mode and then you'll realize oh my gosh this is really good but it's daunting as shit 
I still love it though. Like yeah. it, it probably sounds like I'm dogging on it a lot. I love this mode. I have not, I wanted to play through the entire campaign again because I've played none of three and I've only played about half of two. Mm. So there's a lot of game there for me to still experience in Hitman. And I, I love the game and I've seen some of those maps now because the, the roguelike mode uses them. Um, and I'm just like, oh, some of these maps are so cool. What's happening in this map? Like, you know, there's like a, a small town USA where you're just in a neighborhood. And I was like, what's the story with this map? I got to try this. And I like this roguelike mode so much that I haven't I haven't touched the campaign, even though that was what I installed <laughs> the game to the roguelike do. mode. To, it yeah. would help me. Bo, it would help me a lot yeah. because when I do the maps that I've played in the campaign, I am so much better at them. Yeah, but uh, I, I can't. I can't stop playing this. Yeah, it's cool. And as a freebie that they just threw in, like, it's better than that. You know what I mean? Like, we're sitting here talking yeah. about bang for buck. This is a lot of bang for nothing bucks, unless you'd never oh, owned the game before. And then even buying then, Hitman 3 and getting all the games and all this content is is a deal. It's if crazy. you like this game, like if you this isn't going to sell you on it if you just hate the premise or, or hate the execution. But Hitman walks that perfect line. Um, you remember when games were trying to get in on the memes and they would just make games like I am bread where yeah. it's like, here's a silly concept. It doesn't control well at all. And it's going to be funny because it doesn't control well. Hitman walks the perfect line of being just hard enough to control that you are going to F up frequently and it will be funny <laughs> Yeah, yeah. without being infuriatingly hard to control. Yeah, I agree. Because, I, I still have moments. I had one where it was, uh, I had a contract where I had to kill a woman while she was doing her tell because uh, for the last target in this chain, they don't just mark the target for you. You have to identify who the target is uh, from a couple suspects and they have tells and they have ways that you can figure out who it is. And so I was going to get bonus points if I killed her while she was doing one of her tells, which was smoking. So I was blending into a crowd. I had a knife ready and I was just waiting for her to, to start smoking. And just as she went to do it, I stepped out with the knife and the only security guard on the block that could see through my disguise stepped around the corner and looked at me and goes, who are you? And I panicked and I threw the knife casually over her head. Now I don't have a way to kill her because it was the only weapon I had. Yep. Then the security guard starts chasing me, so I start running and trying to hide in the crowd. I had to go back in to pick up my knife, which was considered trespassing. So the race car driver goes, what are you doing here, sir? Oh, and I man. pick up a that knife level. in front of him and he goes, what do you have that for? I put it away real quick, turn around and go back, wait for her to come back, throw a knife at her head, and then, you know split out of there amazing it is so fun yeah. uh the and knowing you can't save your save scum yourself through that problem is super intense yeah you know like is it there in there's it, i'm not even saying it's not a, i'm not saying it's not a valid way to play hitman but in the campaign to be able to go quick save okay now let's see what we do oh i failed at that let me try that again from a different angle yeah that's a fun thing Doing it this way is just a different kind of fun, <laughs> but it's really high stakes. It's just, and then you lose all your shit. It's hard. It's good though. Yeah. But it's hard. I mean, cause sometimes it feels unfair. Like I did, I really did. It wasn't just a joke. I, I was setting up the 
perfect kill room. Like I was playing like Dexter. I was like, all right, my target walks through here. Mm-hmm. I have to inject them with something and I have to kill them with an axe. I have an axe. I, I can inject them. I have a room where nobody comes through except them. I just have to clear this. I just have to clear, or no, I needed to poison them. Mm. And they there was food that they ate from and I had the poison. But there was two maids chatting in front of the food. And I was like, can I slip this in without them noticing? Yeah. And I was like, there's no save, but I have to do this. And I didn't know what else to do. So I just hit the button and they immediately go, what'd you put in that food? And they immediately <laughs> go and alert the guards. And I was like, shit, yeah. I spent so much time setting up this perfect kill just to, just to immediately be caught by these maids and then, you know, get shot to death moments later and then be told what a failure I am. When oh, I 47, here you are in the hospital again. You're such an idiot. She's so, she, she's just, she <laughs> haunts me. Why did you the food right in front of the maids? What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> and they're using the same lady they've used the, for all these three games and she's great. It's so, uh, it's a hell of a package. And when it was on sale for like 30 bucks for the whole trip, triple experience all in one with this new mode, stupid value amazing yeah if you like stealth games if you don't like them no three games for the price of one plus lots of actual good extras right exactly and but and decent wacky but decent vr implementation it's a little weird i'm looking forward to getting back to it one of these days i would want to play i might need to play flat screen just to familiarize myself with the controls so it's Mm -hmm. a little easier when i go back to vr but yeah yeah you did that thing though where you got a room full of guards Except you were throwing them off the roof or something. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I, yeah, I just I <laughs> shot the target, but then I alerted a guard. It took me. It's just. It's hard to get. In. I like to play seated, and not all games have those comfort options. Yeah. So when when you they put your inventory in your sort of belt because they want you to go under your belt, but yeah. you're seated. Yeah. You can't put your arm low enough, so you got to really dig into your crotch to pull things out. <laughs> Like, you know, like it's in that area because you're seated. Yeah. And then I just kept, pull, I pulled out the wrong item and it just, it was too slow to kill anyone. And then one at a time, yeah. I killed 18 people. And then I just died and it sucked when I went upstairs. <laughs> oh, I think I was wearing the wrong outfit because I have lots to learn about the mechanics. Like I was wearing, yeah. It's in that um, super skyscraper. So, like, I had the, the white militia security guard outfit. But then as I got upstairs, there were like, dudes and berets with the darker th- and they're like you know clearly i don't know the like even it's shocking to hear what john said about they actually responded to the fact like what did you put in that food like i don't know what the rules are because most stealth games are like metal gear solid do i see you or don't i see you and if i see you i attack and then there's a forgiveness timer to get back to stealth this game's like no, if you get spotted, they know you're around. <laughs> you know, that guy remembers yeah. you're around. It's like, oh, that's very different. It's very Well, unique. it's also layers deep because if I had been dressed like a waiter, I could mess with that food without reaction. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it, it's a little fuzzy on the logic at times. Like, you, it's something I don't really like safe scumming because I think the chaos is some of the fun of it. But it is that moment, like, you do find yourself in a lot of situations where you go, What's going to happen if I do this? And that's where the safe's coming is yeah, nice for exactly. you. Man, yeah, you can experiment. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah what, it's like, what if I crush this guy under a car? Are people going to find that weird? Or <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. You're just saving yourself time, and you're not selling an eSport or something. Or you know, no, that's true. Prove. It's that's how you learn the mechanics. So what's funny is uh, you when you change clothes. John just talked about being the waiter or not. You leave a little bag with the clothes in it on the ground, and the map tracks it now. So if you ever need to get back to it, you can do it. No one sees this but you. Yeah, no one. That's so weird to me. They'll see me walk funny over to a drink, but they won't see these three bags in the corner that are like, you know, wherever Larry the guard went. Well, those are his clothes, but they don't see him. It's just to me that's strange. They but. do find guns though. Yeah. Like that's always fun when they see a gun just sitting on the ground. They go, "Oh no, a kid could find this." They go over and pick it up and walk it. I also somewhere. like it's what like, money grabbers they are. Every one of them, if you throw a coin, is always like, "Oh my lucky day!" And it's like, really, you needed the fifty cent piece or whatever it is. Like, how yeah. you doing there, buddy? You need more money. Anyway, that game's great. I'm glad you played it. And I love talking about Hitman. Uh, Bo. Boy, I have a bit of a list today. Let's get into it. I can't wait to hear what you think of Stacklands because I really So, um, yeah, I was just in the mood for something a little more indie, casual. I don't know what it was. Saw Stacklands on Steam. Don't know what possessed me to buy it except, yeah, I don't even know. It was my rave review. Game. It was my rave review months ago. I, I think this is Yeah, I, I remembered yeah. that you did it. I bought it on the strength of your recommendation for sure. But I picked up a couple games, but I only ended up playing one. Like a couple of cheap sale games. Mm-hmm. So five bucks. Yeah, this game is awesome. It's really good. I think like you know, it's not going to be a, a play a ton of hours, but for five dollars, I'm probably going to get twenty hours out of it. And um, you know, I'm always like, I'm looking at ideas. This is a game that's definitely in the, you know, it probably wasn't that hard to make. You know, it was like just as an inspiration. No, seriously, like you know, you get a 3D plane, you make some cards. The art's very straightforward. And we basically have a checklist of things to do. And it's a survival game like Valheim or any other game, but it's just played with cards. And I thought it was like unique and innovative. And I think a lot of people have. I agree. So it's like, it's kind of like just game dev inspiration in a way. Like, just like, oh, look at this cool thing that is like works really well and is fun. And I haven't played, I can't, like, I've stayed up way too late playing it because I'm like, I just, just one more quest to complete. To give people an idea of like a mechanic, for example, if you have a stone card, you can lay a villager card on top of it. It will literally literally mine the stone from the card. It's basically solitaire, except it's not play. It's not the traditional solitaire where you have, you know, ranks and suits and all that. It's like it's just you stack cards in a fun way, like you would Magic the Gathering. You know, your lands like it lets you stack the cards that way. Let's you open packs and get stuff. You have little villagers. And one of the fun things is the enemies, they don't really, like they can damage your villagers, but mostly they're just irritating because they bounce your cards around. Mm-hmm. Like there's a bunny, you're showing a bunny right now. And if you leave that bunny around, he's not really an enemy. He'll knock, you'll, you'll place everything where you want it. And then they'll knock all your stuff around. You're like, damn animals, stop knocking my cards around. Mm-hmm. It's a really unique, um, card game and i just thought oh like i look at it and i think oh what what other you know it's a placemat there's a place to pick up cards like what other things could you do with a format like this you know mm-hmm. like it, and and also i just haven't been able to stop playing it i can't wait till i'm finished so i can move on to other things in my life mm-hmm. um it's fun yeah it's i mean it's a it's a fun builder game worth every penny really, five dollars really neat five bucks and it's only and this is another today it's all been overwhelmingly positive reviewed games today i feel like except for uh atomic heart yeah. this game people love this game yeah I, it's great five bucks it. you get 20 hours out of it it's it hits a sweet spot and it's like 
It's an innovative solitaire survival game. I just I don't have a com- single complaint. Even the low key art style is still nice. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I love how stuff. it looks for, yeah. for how simple it is. I think it looks. I really think that's cool. to its credit. I don't think. I mean, not that you couldn't do more fancy cards, but it, I think it adds to the fun to have it be the simple yeah. iconic stuff. I think it's better that yeah. way. Yeah, I just and and I find too. I'm just I'm a little like I enjoy playing it and I'm inspired by it. Where I'm just like oh, you know, like. I don't know, just from a game dev perspective. Yeah. I'm like, it looks nice, but also it's very simple. Like, it's achievable. Yeah. And by the sure, way, that rabbit that, that rabbit shits out a shit card, a poop card. And you have yeah. to throw it out, yep. sell it. Yeah. Yep. The worst are corpses, because you can't sell corpses. Yeah. But for some reason, if you have two corpses, you can mash them together, and then they poof and disappear. I don't understand that, but it's oh, convenient. That is weird. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember that. Um, just, I, I got ravaged. I found the crab king mm-hmm. if you kill too many crabs on the island i don't know if you know this but there's another zone no um, i didn't know island. that i didn't get that far yeah crab. you gotta keep going there's an island zone and there's crabs on it you kill it for crab meat but if you kill too many crabs you piss off the crab king <laughs> and the crab king is like 100 hp and just like you decimated my island yeah um yeah so you gotta be you know there's some just it, 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 it there's kind of some challenging moments where you're like i didn't know that was gonna happen uh-oh pirate ships there's also pirate ships with huge crews of pirates but you can turn pirates to your side if you have a parrot of course oh yeah Yeah. parrots make pirates happy and then you get a friendly pirate who helps you instead (laughs) of of fights you it's great anyways the game is full of adorable little interactions like this perfect like it's beautiful my child is beautiful in every way Mm. so nice recommend it highly glad to hear it um Let's see. All right. Now we're going to take a, a left turn into Bo's speciality, the VR quarter. Mm. Um, so I got some links. To, I actually streamed some last night, some gameplay of some of the stuff I did. Um, one game I bought a while ago that I finally got around to playing is a boomer shooter in VR called Compound. Uh, you'll also see, I think it was ranked overwhelmingly positive when I bought it. I don't know if it still is, but it's a pixel art. I think Doom, like original Doom style, except it's in VR. And what are the what is the benefit of this game? It looks a little kitty, looks a little baby. I don't know, you know, low. Uh, the art, you know, there's recycle bins. It's an office. It's nothing like incredible, but the colors are vibrant. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guns handle really well. It's one of the best gun handling VR games. Like, so you p- press a button and pop out the ammo, and then you have to manually reload it in. Snap it back. It's a boomer shooter, so it's light and easy to play. The best part, see how I'm dual wielding? You can dual wield weapons. When you need to pick something up and you drop the gun, it doesn't drop to the floor. It just floats in the air. Oh, that's cool. It's a game changer because everyone's trying to be realistic. Oh, you you drop something. If you don't put it in your pocket, it falls to the ground. This game's like, yeah, just hang the gun in the air if you need your hand. And I'm like, whoa. Like It it just makes it cool. And then so it's like Matrix style. You do some moves, then you can pick the gun back up. And the guns are very expressive. You see here, I'm using a grenade launcher. There, I got to get the ammo out, leave that gun in the air, put mm-hmm. the shell in, yep. and fire another one. Yep. And then I got like a submachine gun on the other hand. Um, game is, it's fun. And it's not expensive. I think it's in the $20 range. Um, and I got kind of addicted and looking forward to playing it again. So, uh, yeah. I, I, like how this, I like how this looks. Let me ask you this. Uh when you call it a boomer shooter, I don't know what that, what does that actually mean when you say that? Boomer shooter, like shooters, because when... So boomers are old people to yeah. the people. <laughs> okay. So it's the type of shooter we in, like there's a resurgence of doom like low 
lope or quake likes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's but a lot wouldn't of those be on- those would be Gen X shooter? I don't know a boomer who played Doom. Is they, what I'm getting at. The, the, if you get mad at it, the funnier it is. Just don't fight it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, look right. at the boomer getting mad at him. I'm not a boomer. It's, it's, uh, yeah. uh, All right, I'm in. He cries in boomer. You know, just, just, <laughs> just, just. Just, just lean into it. lean into that thing and let it take. I get it. Right. Let it take hold. It, it rhymes too, which increases it. It's like rhyming overrides truth. If something is true, but the rhyme is really good, but it's not as true, the rhyme tends to win out as well. So. Oh, these grenades look fun. Yeah. The, oh, the, and it's again, it hits you way better in VR. The bullets shoot at you slow, so you can actually strafe and dodge them. Yeah. And like in 3D space, it feels like something's some weird pixel uh, pellet is flying at your head. It's really good. It's like overwhelmingly positive for a reason. I know it looks like uh, just some. It looks like a not good version of Doom. Like when you when you watch it on a flat screen. You're like, I don't know about this game. Like, it doesn't look very, you know. And th- I would level that as a criticism. I wish the enemies looked a little cooler than they do. Mm. It's very, you know. But um, gameplay's yeah, where it's at. Gonna, I hope they make another one and maybe make it better next time. Like, this is a pretty good uh, game, and it's roguelike. So it's it's again, you just start from scratch, level one. You go through this office compound and shoot robots and oh there's a, a Roomba you blow them up blow the Roombas they're up hostile yeah. but there's there's interactables in the main menu select screen there's a fridge and you can get the drinks out and eat the hamburgers in the fridge and stuff that's all, always a lot of fun <laughs> chat says it looks like <laughs> Bo made this game in a weekend <laughs> yep I, I would definitely I would definitely put it in like the graphics are not stellar but yeah. um, you uh, this is a do not judge by the appearance I think uh, the, it's like probably on purpose providers. right it feels like it's on purpose to me like they're they aimed for so this, the this lower way. res your game is the easier it is to achieve your 90 to 120 frames per second in VR which yeah. makes for just a better feeling experience but yeah. it's not really sexy um, but apart from that like I just think the, the the art behind like the way the dudes look and even the Meteor could they could still do better with the materials they're given yeah like I'm not I'm not gonna give them points for like amazing art and Meteor but it's one of the best feeling shooters to play that is just open up the game and start shooting. You know what I mean? Like just um, no big story. No, we're trying to be VR. Why don't you try s- scratching your head in VR? It's like real life. Whoa. It's just like, here's guns, shoot, have fun. Mm-hmm. And the guns I think are, a, they're the best implementation of guns short of Half-Life Alex. Which wow, is gold standard. That's high. Like, that's high me, praise. Yeah, yeah. No, the, 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 it's playing with the guns is the best part of the game. All right, You've, I oh, yeah. think you may have sold. This is a big recommend. I, I really like it. I kind of can't wait to play again. You playing this um, on Steam through your headset? Obviously, Steam, yeah. Okay. So I, I um, so I'm on the Oculus. So I'll log in, air link it up to the Oculus, then I'll start Steam VR, then I'll play from Steam. Okay, okay. that's how I got to do it on the Oculus. It might even be at this point available straight on the Oculus yeah, store. It might when be. I bought it, it was only on Steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't see a reason. The only reason I buy things on Steam is so I can stream them. Right. Like if if I have the choice between the two, I still kind of like it's it's, it's the easiest to stream from Steam. Oh, that's a hard sentence to say. I find easiest so. to stream from Steam. Oh, geez, it is. Yeah. Well, not stream for not for John. Steam. He'd probably whip it out in two seconds and have no problem. No, saying he was it. whipping it out on Twitter today. Yeah, I saw he was. Yep, that's all I do. John's account but whipping see, it yeah, out. The, the gun. Yeah, the aim's great. Good the, gun variety. The, uh, this the game's tact, the tactile nature of reloading guns is a big sell point for me. I like that. 
a yeah. lot. You, so you put the bullet in, press A, and boom, it's back in. There's also a super shotgun like Doom style where it's you put both bullets in, mm. and then that's cool. Whip it up and did a ding. Definitely reload. I was reloading slow at first, but as I got used to it, I got into fast reloads. This game looks great. I think yeah. I'm getting. All right, now let's move on. We got a, got a lot of ground to cover. Um, next up is a flat screen game that I want to highlight for a specific reason to all the game devs out there or the people supplying the money and budget for games, I should say, not so much the devs, as Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Oh, yeah. A kind listener that I meant to look up who bought it for me, but someone bought it for me. <laughs> I wish it was easy to look up who bought this for me. Um, a kind and gentle listener, um, random purchase out of the blue said, this game is a VR game and a really great experience. I want you to play it. And I said, they made a VR game, but no. Hellblade just released a VR version of their game. Now, I don't know if you guys know what this game is. It's the Ninja Theory game about... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I think she's like like Irish or Celtic or something. She's not a Viking, but Icelandic, it's... Icelandic, right? She's fighting... She's fighting Vikings, but everyone's got an Irish accent. Oh, they're Irish. Oh, I thought they were like, Icelandic. Go and maybe kill all It's like, I think there's like, a, I don't know the full story yet, but I think it's like Vikings are buttholes and you go and kill the Vikings and you're not a Viking. You're like, you're like, get the hell out of our, stop making Viking TV shows, you bastards. I'm yeah. sick of it. And yeah, I'm sick of it. Go on Icelandic. Isn't it her, isn't this whole thing like it's a big allegory for like mental illness and stuff like that too? Like that's, so it's yeah, so fame. the big theme, so if you haven't played it, the big theme is that the protagonist um, has psychosis. Yeah. Um, so the whole game, even in flat screen, you're meant to play it with headphones mm-hmm. because you hear voices. It's literally their voices talking to you, saying random shit, making fun of you, supporting you. Um, it's supposed to, and they even advertise like they have um, mental health consultants participate in the creation of the game because they are actually trying to depict the mental health issue. Mm-hmm. And in VR, it's crazy. The one thing I will say, this isn't a first-person experience. It's not even a designed-for-VR experience. It's the flat-screen game, but they just offered VR support. You know, instead of letting modders do it and then issuing takedowns, they, like, beautiful people, just, it's the same game purchase. It's just like, oh, you're, you know, are you displaying it? on your screen or on a VR headset. Well, here you can play in VR and you know, they've earned their money doing some modifications to it to make it playable. Like there's, you know, they, they, they didn't do nothing. It's not just a display thing. They did some optimizations, but as you can see, I'm playing here in third person. It's a cutscene right now, but I'm playing, I'm sitting and using mouse and keyboard actually, and just playing like I'd be playing, except I see the game in 3d. Gotcha. And it's a it's it's crazy being in that like fire room. That's um, Suter, I think, or something like that. Uh, fighting this guy is crazy. Uh, the game's pretty fun too. It's very, um, I would say, it's closest. It feels like playing a From Software game mm-hmm. in that your moves are kind of um, they're deliberate. So you got to parry or block, and and you got to use your ability and move around. Um, you know, like, so if you swing your sword and it's a mistake, well, you're committed and you, you make that thing. So there's like hit windows and stuff like that. Um, but very slow to get into. I didn't fight anything for the first 30, 40 minutes. Oh, man. Um, yeah. And you see all those little symbols floating around in 3D. They're in 3D space. It looks wild. Like, it's, it's, it's a really sensory experience that I really think is phenomenal in, um, 
within the VR space. So I want to thank that person for purchasing it and um, want to tell people making games like you don't have to make it first person. I don't even need touch control options. Just render it in stereoscopic so I can play your game experiences in 3D. Like I would appreciate that. That would be awesome. Uh, I was right about the sorry the setting is there she's Icelandic and they Oh, it's Iceland. Oh yeah, but they have they have um they didn't like those uh, guys. They I swear they're Irish voice actors at least. Oh, they might be. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a a guy, I don't like he talks to you. It's actually funny. It's um film like you, you know it's not uh 3d animation they got an actor to to film and you know we see that in games all the time where like you know even in atomic heart i saw there was a a section where they filmed the real person and put them on a tv screen oh right yeah but the way they did the processing on it like the guy they got and the way they did the shadows it's the best like who framed roger rabbit style (laughs) game and flat uh, that i've seen and he's not in it much but when he appears uh, it's just like Oh, that's a real actor. Like he looked like a 3D thing, but I'm like his mouth animates so well. Yeah. I was like, oh no, that's a real guy. Um, it's one of the best implementations of of that mixture I've I've ever seen in a game. This so. one's got a sequel coming probably next year. It's it was announced in 2019. They don't oh, have it's an not, exact the date. Sequel's not out yet. Yeah, not out yet yet. But that will be a Game Pass game as well. Um, obviously, it won't affect VR. Issues, oh, I didn't but. realize. I thought it. I thought it was out already. Oh well. I'm. Let me tell you. Uh, this game is money, especially on a VR headset. But it's just a regular ass video game experience. Which, like I said, I like the sitting down games. This is. Uh, you can and you sail through these areas of corpses hanging off of trees and stuff. It's so far I like it. Yeah, I, I I've been meaning to play this forever. I was always just worried about how dour the setting is because I think it was Patrick super dour, yeah. mega like it is full of trauma. Like every cutscene is like her falling over in pain, screaming, and while the voices say "You're stupid," no, you should go forward. Like it's it's yes. It's dour. It makes Disco Elysium feel kind of joyous. Oh, wow. Oh, boy. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's no humor. I've played two, an hour to two hours. There has been no jokes, no humor, no happiness, <laughs> nothing. Yeah. It is tra- wall-to-wall trauma. Hmm. Wow. Anyways, great in VR, though. All right. Um, all right. So I got to run through some shorter stuff, though, for my games played. Sure. Nope. No Man's Sky released a VR update. That's what got me playing VR. Um, is it cool? It's great in VR. The one thing I will say is playing flat screen first and get your inventory shit sh- sorted out. <laughs> Cause when they update things, they uninstall your mods. And I got to tell you, I like everything about playing in no man's sky VR, except for what I'm doing here. Inventory management, mm. like trying to hold up my hands and aim to move the cards around. I'm like, this sucks. Never their strongest point, it even sucks. in 2D. This was not their strongest point. Inventory. <laughs> Someone management recommended sucks. playing mouse and keyboard to do the inventory management, even in VR, which I didn't consider as a possibility. So you know, maybe that's an adjustment I can make. Yeah. But if you're PS2 VR, you can't really do that. That sucks. Uh, one thing I will say though is all the planets I was on. Apparently, uh, there are new life forms on it, and giant worms jumped out of the ground and those look amazing uh i don't know if you're gonna be able to see it here if it's not a little bit later but like a giant um when when giant worms shoot out of the ground and fly over you it's it's something else it's yeah. like holy shit i feel, I feel <laughs> like john didn't we a couple updates ago john had some pretty cool was it i don't know if you had video but you described this too like big sandworms yeah, right like big i worms. had i had a crazy planet there were there were giant worms there were things that just tore out of the earth and tried to grab both me and my ship like there's some oh, crazy shit. planet stuff uh in the 
in the game right now. I, I will say, like, if I get back to flat screen, see how I'm trying to, like, install. Oh, oh there the it is. Worm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, geez. It flies. Like, it's just jumping over my ship. There's, like, stuff everywhere in VR. You're just like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's quite the experience. That was the third one I'd seen. The first, uh, yeah. Anyways, um, the the game it, it's it's a, it's a fun experience but I, I have to relearn stuff and i don't think unless i was starting from scratch in vr like a new save file yeah. i don't think i want to be messing around too much uh see i'm trying to reinstall all my mods anyways just want to say that uh, all right it's cool though I, I, they revamped the whole awesome. vr part of the game right like that's all a new uh, yeah they updated it for ps2 vr so i'm I've missed a lot of updates, so I'm not clear what was updated on what. Mm, but mm. from the last time I did it, I liked it a like it felt smoother and better experience. I did some dog fighting; it was great. Now, the game um, that I've got the most interest in this week is so stupid that I even care. But tell me about Mighty Doom. Is Mighty Doom mobile. It's mobile time. Switching Whee! from VR, we're going to another of John's favorite categories: mobile games. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Doom, I'm a big Doom fan, as you guys are all aware. I talk about and lavish that game with praise. I was excited to see a mobile game for Doom. Mm -hmm. It's a Doom game. I'm going to check it out. Right. Um, we unfortunately have ourselves a bit of a Diablo Immortal situation here. Uh, 10 on 10 game, 0 out of 10 microtransaction <laughs> store. Shit. Uh, you can mine with Vega. You can watch an ad to boost it. It gives you a notification and annoys you. You only have 20 energy, so and it's five energy to play a mission. Run out of energy, no mission to play. Oh, I love when oh. games are like, no, you're too yeah. poor to play this game. Hate the it. Thing is, I don't want to give it the free advertising, um, but on the off chance, some like one of these episodes reaches somebody who can. Make some freaking positive change in the world. Stop ruining games with this microtransaction shit. Like this game actually, like I would pay $20 to play what is essentially a survivor's clone. It takes a lot of the ideas. You don't got to press the shoot button, but it doesn't fill up the screen with enemies. Like the yeah, you're just moving forward, survivors. right? You move it's forward. a different thing, it, but yeah. the arena is there. They've replicated all the doom mechanics like glory kills, you, and the only buttons you can press is for an ultimate, which you charge up. It takes a while. And then you have a secondary weapon, like a rocket launcher with like a 10 second cooldown. So, and ro in a true roguelike style, you could, you get modifications to all your guns. And, you know, I like getting, it's not really a doom thing, but you might get new gloves, boots, equipment, even leveling it up. It's like, I'm okay with, you start putting money behind it. Uh, to, to speed things up, your game is, uh, you're, you're, you're messing up hmm. and it has all the sound effects and sick music from the game. So that's, that's a big part of the enjoyment of it is everything sounds good. It's the, you know, Mick Gordon music. I'm still playing it, but I'm really, I, I think I need to uninstall it. The worst sin this thing does is you can buy cosmetics for what purpose it's single player. <laughs> Like, who am I even going to show it off to? At least in Marvel Snap, you know, I got um, a Ghost Rider variant of Quinjet, and I get a lot of compliments on that card. <laughs> wow. Like, it looks badass. It's dinky Quinjet, but um, I will get emotes on the card. Like, you know, you can click a card and do stars in the eyes. Like, wow. Yeah. That card, I think I've gotten 100 
kudos on it. I'm like, okay, I can see buying a card and showing off to the other people online. Yeah, you know, we got but... a rare variant in that game. I don't play Marvel Snap anymore, but uh, I remember playing it, and somebody had a Todd McFarlane symbiote Spider-Man. Ooh. And I was like, oh my god. I felt like I met a celebrity. I was like, who yeah. Who are you? Like, <laughs> and that's... I think that's what you want to achieve <laughs> in a multiplayer environment, right? Like you want yeah. someone to look at your card and go, <laughs> you know, you want it to be that scene in American Psycho it, where they're comparing business cards and freaking out about it. It provides value to your purchase. Yeah. If, you know, like just like in real life, sick Jersey, bro. I know, right? Like, yeah, go senators. You know, and it's like if if I just buy a thousand dollar prestige jersey and wear it to bed, you know, like, what's the point? <laughs> like, just buy a Walmart shirt and go to bed in it, you know? Like, obviously, <laughs> you buy flashy clothes so that you wear them out and they are of note. Otherwise, <laughs> buy a Walmart mom. shirt and go to bed is my favorite thing I've heard tonight. <laughs> well, you know what Scott, I mean. Did you I know, just I love download it. this game? Yeah, I just did. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I knew exactly what he was doing. I'm like, Scott is looking down. Good. He's Your either wallet. being in a bottle or downloading the Doom game that He'll be fine. just said, don't play. But also, well, yeah, but Scott's immune to stores. Like, I have an addictive personality. Like, I never Snap, I'm, I got to un- uninstall Snap, too. Like, sometimes I'm like, you know, the borders, not all of my cards have the shiny borders. I could spend $139 and get more shiny borders. I'm like... Why do I want that? Yeah. Why? That, you know, that like was it was that kind of thought process that why well, do led I me want down that? the uninstalling path. I also Doom is a bit easier because I really ask why do I want that? It's not even multiplayer. It's the stupidest. It is the stupidest thing in the world. Um, but you know what? This new Tomb Raider game's like this, by the way. Um, there's a new Tomb oh, Raider really? mobile game that is almost a, the uh, same idea. It's like Lara Croft. You go into a room, do a bunch of Vampire Survivor style gameplay, sort of move around yeah. and your weapons do the rest. And then, you know, go back and upgrade and blah, blah, whatever. But again, also just full chalk, full of the ceiling, full of microtransactions and stupid. Auto attack, and- auto attack on the main weapon is a real trend that Vampire Survivor started. Yeah. Basically everyone, there's a, I think there's probably an age market where people have carpal. Um, that don't want to press attack, 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 attack. They just want to do the big buttons, if yeah. any. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that we're really tapping into. Uh, yeah. We're really tapping into this this new trend in gaming. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. No maybe they'll attack. give us if they do that it's in so consoles or PC the games. It's going. It's kind of yeah, gross, but maybe there's something to it. I don't know. Give me something else to do with other no, buttons. There is something to the gameplay. It's gross the way that they're designing it. Like, You'll this see. Feels like, this feels like being a talented author. I, or, I, this is what I feel like working on this game is like. It's like being a talented author and being hired to write like the descriptions of McDonald's menu items. <laughs> yeah, no. You know what? I'm sorry. That's a very good. That's the best example I've heard. That's exactly it. Yeah, you are. You Stephen are. King. Well, Stephen King. We're gonna hire you. We'll pay you anything you want. Now, write how a Big Mac tastes. Yeah. Yeah. Or, but know. not in the style of Stephen King. In the style of corporate McDonald's. Yeah. Thing. Exactly. For working with us. We're so proud to have you here. That's yeah. perfect. That's exactly what it is, and it definitely feels that way. All right. Well, you anyway, you played uh, Nintendo Switch a little. How'd Mario yeah, Kart Eight go? I popped over to Mike's house, and I played with him and his young lad. And um, I haven't played Mario Kart 
Mario, Mario, I heard no, you talking you shit about you me on it. TMS. <laughs> pasta. It's pasta time. Pasta. It's pasta. 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 Whatever. No, see, Mario. Sorry, we can call it Mario if you want. Doesn't matter. Mario. But Mario, Mario Kart is uh, boy, what a long tail this eight has. It they it came out on the Wii U. It got remastered or you know put out on the Switch later, and is still getting content and DLC and everything. I think it's one of the greatest games ever made. But I'm curious what. Yeah, I mean, there were so many tracks. There were different cars to pick. Um, I I played in the clown car because I thought it was awesome, but it was terrible. And Mike's (laughs) young lad was kind of making fun of me. He's so good. He's so young and so good at the game. I was like, that's incredible. Just because you, you, I'm I'm not around kids too much. So I like, it's like, oh, you know, it's hard for me to learn. I was like, I'm bad. And I was even telling them, you know, remember at Nerdtacular, we played Mario Kart. People were like, this guy's good at heroes. He's great at games. And I like stunk it up. So oh, bad that's right. Mario we Kart. played it on the big I'm like, screen. I'm not good yeah. at Mario Kart. <laughs> like, I, it's not my game. Yeah. Um, but, you know, after we did a few cups and it got better, but I was just really impressed to, like, with, because uh, again, the last one I probably played might have been once or twice on like, GameCube, I want to say. Yeah, Double Dash. But really, the SNES version is the one I remember. And yeah. I was just like, damn, this game's really come a long way. Um, it's so. great. It's such a... I mean, there's a reason why it's the number one selling Nintendo game for I don't know how many years running now. It's, it's just... It's really good. Yeah, and just, it's just surprising that the... You know, he loves it. He plays Mario Kart every chance he gets. And I remember those days when just having a Nintendo was awesome and it's all you needed games yeah. resonated like really hard. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm jealous that you got to play. I just wanted to mention it. Cause you know, I usually don't play too many Nintendo games and no, look at a you. thumbs up. It's a, it's a great little purchase. switch monster lately. All right. Speaking of switching, we're going to switch to a break real quick. When we come back, we're going to do a dear Martha and a couple other news stories. We also got some phone calls today. Lots of fun stuff. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Milk, not milk. Milk? Yeah, some people say milk. I say milk, I think. I don't say crick. I say bagel, weird. Oh, bagel. Oh, you're Britta. I say bagel. I say bagel. Yeah, I I, kind of pronounce it as if it was spelled with an E. Bagel. This bagel. Bagel. Business. Very weird. I'd like a bagel yeah. with creme bagel. creme cheese. Yeah, I don't emphasize the a in bagel enough. Yeah, for people, bagel. It's Mario. other people's problem. It's not mine. They it's don't not. hear it the way I intended. <laughs> it was never yours. All right, uh, welcome back, everybody. We're going to dive right into a dear Martha. That's right. We're going to review an ancient ass video game magazine, and we're going to do it in the style of Ken Burns documentaries, like we always do. And uh, John, of course, has prepared one. Uh, John, anything special here before we hit go? Nope, not even that many screenshots for you to to deal with this time. So, you know, easy peasy today. Thank you for the reminder. Hold on a second. I forgot to pull it down. (laughs) There they are. All right. Let me pull those down real fast. We got that one. Oh, it's just the two. Yeah. Oh, easy. I can do that. One or two. All right. Here we go. Enjoy. My dearest Martha, today we look at Game On. USA, the American attempt to publish one of Japan's longest-running video game magazines. This issue is the first issue from May of 1996. This magazine touts itself as the magazine of electronic manga gaming. And I actually don't know what that means, but I do think the key word here is manga. Remember it, it will be important later. 
When I look at this cover, I see Cammy from Street Fighter. Then I remember I was reviewing the magazine and should take in <laughs> what else is on the cover. So upon a second look, I saw Cammy from Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. A more focused third look, though, revealed, you guessed it, Cammy from Street Fighter. Eventually, however, I did notice a cover that, yes, had Cammy from Street Fighter on it, but also offered a lot of other features I might look forward to in this magazine. Firstly, a letter from the editor telling me that this magazine isn't like the others. He's right. He promises that I won't be exposed to page after page of ads, which is an interesting promise considering the ad on the page prior and the ads, plural, on the page following. But let's dive in and see if we can spot where this magazine really differs from others that I've covered. We start with a story about the history of Street Fighter, and right away we're already confusing Americans by trying to teach them that Balrog is actually M. Bison, M. Bison is actually Vega, and Vega is actually Balrog. Personally, I'm just happy some other corner of gaming understands my pain when I have to discuss early Final Fantasy games. <laughs> it's good, though. I read, and I learned. The next section is a few pages on gaming, com games coming to the US from Japan. And while I'm no historian, I think all these did in fact happen, or in cases where they didn't, the magazine said there weren't currently any plans. You know what? 10 out of 10. We're off to a great start. <laughs> By page 14, we're learning about manga. And while that may seem silly to try and teach us these days, this was a time when we still called anime Japanimation oh. for some reason. <laughs> oh, we did. So getting some knowledge was probably worthwhile. But what do we do with this knowledge of manga? Is there a place we can utilize this newfound appreciation for storytelling? But what if I told you on page 17, this video game magazine becomes a manga magazine? Don't believe me? How many pages of manga would it have to be to convince you? Sorry. <laughs> the magazine itself is only 82 pages long. How many pages of those 82 do you think they decided to dedicate to manga? 80. If you guessed... 27 pages of nothing but translated Japanese manga in the middle of this video game magazine? Well, you wouldn't even be half by correct because it was 56 pages of manga in this magazine. That's right, most of this first issue is a comic about Kami from Street Fighter and a second comic about Samurai Showdown. By the time you finish the comics, they only have enough pages left for an ad, ironically, two pages of previews, an article about who's better, Ryu or Terry Bogard from Fatal Fury, more ads, a contest requesting letters for future issues, and then more ads. That's it. That's the whole comic I mean, magazine. It's kind of crazy. Like, 70% of this magazine is a comic. And what magazine is here isn't really anything impressive. Sadly for Game On USA, people generally agreed. This magazine only ran for seven issues here. Speaking of how short-lived this magazine was, remember when I mentioned there was a contest for writing letters to the magazine? Do you know what the prize was for winning? Mm. A 12-issue subscription to Game On USA. <laughs> Considering they only made it to number seven, those folks are going to be waiting a long, long time wow. for the prize. <laughs> 
that's all for this one, Martha. While the magazine was hardly ad-free, nothing stood out, so here's another picture of Cammy, I guess. Yours in time, <laughs> S. Beckett 96. <laughs> Is it always S. Beckett and then the year that you did yeah. the mag? Oh, that's great. I didn't notice that until today. I'm smart. <laughs> I'm a smart guy. I'm really with it. Uh, fantastic as always. Well done. Now this. It's time for the news we didn't cover earlier. Some quick mentions. All right. We got a few here. For example, Mike Ybarra, Blizzard Entertainment's dude. The guy in charge of everything just below uh, Activision. The go-to guy. Uh, up till now, seemed like he was uh, there for the little guy. There helping push for the, the needs of the, of the embattled company known as Blizzard Entertainment. Uh, he brought more bad news to them in an all hands on meeting that got real weird and basically said, Hey, you're going to have less, uh, profit sharing. You're going to have less bonuses at the end of the year. And, um, you're all lucky to have it basically is what he said. And if you think, if you think us executives are making more money than you, you're living in a dream. Yeah. That guy's Uh, worth something to that effect, which probably doesn't come out the way you think it, it also is a hundred percent untrue and he alone is worth about 10 million he gets paid bank compared to anyone working at blizzard and any of the levels i don't know you know maybe ian hazacostas has a sweet ride i don't know but come on man it's not the kind of thing you want to say yeah you know that's obviously the way things work yeah but yeah just yeah, I don't. That, that's not going to win you any uh, fans saying, uh, you know, uh, we're all struggling. Tough it out. Yeah, basically that's what he said. And I, when, I when truly an offer for billions of dollars for the company, unprecedented, being blocked by, you know, it's just. Well, not only that, they had their highest profits ever, a record quarter last quarter. It doesn't make it. It absolutely doesn't make sense. Unless you're 100 percent about the numbers and you need every year to look like growth, we've talked about this a million times on the yeah. show, and that's how you do it: is you you <laughs> cut people, you cut pay, you cut all that, and then the next oh, year suddenly you're. I think um, the big thing I keep hearing about on the social medias is the return to work, hmm. which uh, you know is not a big. People are not a big fan of the return to work, and um, fair enough. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, how we got to from everyone's got to come back to work to uh, everyone's struggling to make ends meet. Like, you know, I, I don't I don't know why that came up. If that was your objective. Yeah, I um, think they just uh, Activision needs a puppet over there. And I think Mike's that guy. And I, whether whether we like it or not, who else is going to deliver whatever news corporate wants to give your wholly owned subsidiary of Activision Blizzard? Like, yeah, he's the guy. Know, it's. You know? It's not good news coming out of it where, you know, you, you, I don't know, man. I, I really liked the the era of, hey, we're, we're all craftsmen here. It's a workshop. Uh, you know, everyone works hard to deliver a product they're passionate about. That was clearly the proof was in the pudding because the games reflected that ethos. And, um, boy, these other guys, they're not about that at all, it sounds yeah. like. no We empathy. could have that mentality. With like a hundred percent less sexual harassment, we'd really be on to something. Yeah, we'd be moving right up that that. that tree. We'd be in a we'd be in a real good place. Yeah, that but just a bit of empathy and humanity and delivering it right. You get to a certain point where the captains of the ship just want to drive 
just like, where's the profits, man? Yeah. Okay. Well, here's some bad ideas, but that about how to generate profits, and then we get mobile games. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. The only good news to come oh. out of Blizzard this week is they finally are launching as of today Diablo Three Season Twenty Eight, which uh, uses that altar of rights thing they've added. It's basically a uh, somewhat of the systems that are coming into four. And it kind of yeah. changes the game. It's pretty I'm gonna fundamental. Play. I'm going to play tonight, I think. Yeah, I want to check it out. Play. See yeah. what's up. Gonna, uh, it, you know, Diablo 4 is around the corner. My, it's 28th season. They said they put a little extra special sauce in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I might. I'm going to log in tonight and check it out. Yeah, yeah it might be worth looking at. Yeah, I want to see what I that's do about. do like going back to Diablo 3 randomly. Diablo is good. Uh, also, uh, Chronos or Chrono Cross Remaster is getting a patch, and uh, it's out now. And John's thrilled, right? You're stoked. I am. This has been. I, I put this on here selfishly because I was very excited for this game. I've talked about Chrono Cross a lot on this show, um, and then was very disappointed to say that unfortunately the remaster had uh, basically I felt unplayable uh, frame rate issues. Mm-hmm. And uh, bemoaned that they seem to have put it out and just forgotten about it, like they do with a lot of ports. They definitely feels like they did that, because it's been like almost a year since that game came out. But they have finally put out a patch to address the frame rate issues, a couple other things. Um, So it hasn't been completely forgotten. I've yet to play it. I installed it tonight. So um, I am curious to see if it fixes it. Supposedly, it actually goes up to 60 frames per second on the PC, which is actually faster than what the game originally did um, and may cause some issues. But hey, better issues because it's running butter smooth than uh, it's unplayable because it can't even get near what it's supposed to do so um, i'll check it out and report back so awesome can't wait to hear about that also sony had a state of play uh their february 2023 state of play nothing crazy uh revealed here some third-party stuff they shared an extended look at suicide squad kill the justice league it was also revealed that that game requires an online connection even during single player people are not happy about it um, I got bad news yeah, for you. That kinda, game. It kind of ties into, I think it was a few months ago, um, there were leaks. Uh, it, I don't know if we even talked about it on the show or not, because uh, I felt like it was, of course, there were, but um, that there, it seems like there's going to be a heavy store component. Oh, yeah. It. Yeah, um, battle that pass was, and all that. Yeah, yeah somebody le- leaked a picture of, like, Captain Boomerang with, like, uh, season pass bit of business i don't know if it was a season pass but something above his head and it's like oh it looks like they're going for a games of service deal yeah. so which is fine we'll, with me i just we'll see i'm fine with that i just don't understand why that stuff has to be tied to single player online connectivity i just don't get it yeah it's weird well because they need to update the great deals how will you know about the great deals if it's not online to show you what the great deals are Scott? well uh like all other things i'll go and look when i'm ready to look at them <laughs> You bastards. No, but we got to bring the deals to you. I hate when they bring the deals to me. Um, <laughs> let's let's move to this one. Uh, Cap, Capcom revealed three yeah, new Street boy. Fighter 6 characters, so that's cool. Uh, Zangief, Lily, and Cammy. Yeah, speaking of Cammy, it's a real Cammy-themed episode today. That game, I'm interested in 6 after seeing some of that play last there was it last month and a bunch of people got codes or got uh early access streamers anyway it looked cool it looked like there's some sh- some meat on that bone 
So I yeah. kind of want to see that. Uh, Baldur's it's going to be a good year for fighting games. It got cut, but uh, Mortal Kombat 12 got confirmed. Oh, yeah, that also got confirmed. So but it's going to be uh, not really announced. We haven't seen or heard anything, but there was a phone call on it where an executive said, we're very excited about how Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is going to perform. And also there's a very hotly anticipated Mortal Kombat 12 coming out this year. So we've got a lot to be excited about. And gamers went... Oh, there's a Mortal Kombat 12. Fantastic. You know what they should do? They should do a Mortal Kombat 12. One of the uh, one of the finishing moves should be one of the players is like the winner. Let's say it's Scorpion. Runs over to the loser. Let's say it's Striker. Okay. okay. Takes, a, yeah. takes a phone, puts it to his head, makes Striker listen to that guy you just described until Striker's so bored he explodes or something. That's what they should do. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like a, that's a good fatality. I'm sure they'd go for it. That <laughs> falls asleep, cracks his head on a rock, and they just that uh, coroner comes in and goes, "He's dead." Yep, fatality. <laughs> that's what I want. I actually because that was a big news story about Mortal Kombat was people kind of it's not funny, but people having a hard time because they had to do so much research for gore and graphic violence and all of that that it actually impacted the team. Mm. I I kind of want to see some extremely passive nice fatalities where it's just. Somebody falls, uh, just falls off screen, and then someone comes in and goes, he died. Mm. <laughs> and it just says fatality. <laughs> that's great. I mean, there are the friendships. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Babalities, yeah, animalities, nice. all that. Babalities. You see some babies. Do you ever see, uh, have you I ever just, seen Smoke's new one in 11 where he splits you from crotch to head in half? Mm-hmm. It's pretty rough. <laughs> yep. It's there's some rough. rough ones. Yeah. There's some stuff I mean, in there. Uh, was it Katana or no? Could be Katana. Katana yeah, wins. I mean, yeah, yeah. She slices people up with her fans a lot. Oh, yeah. And she's got, if you pull her little mask down, she's got like Baraka teeth, right? Oh, that's Melina. Oh, that's, oh Melina. They yeah, get those two Katana's. mixed up all the time. Well, they're clones of each other. You should. Oh. That's that's acceptable. All right. But I, that's, I what think... I'm, that's what I'm looking forward to. If anyone has leaned into the complete unhinged single player campaign, it is Mortal Kombat. Yeah. I live for whatever it is, whatever random shit they're doing. It's Everyone's so like, I have an idea. They're like, don't even say it. We'll put it in. <laughs> like, we'll, we'll include it. It's the perfect kind of stupid. I love it. I don't. I, I assume what's his, uh, his name just left me, but our friend who listens to the show who. Tyler Lansdale. Tyler. Yeah. Tyler, if you're listening, I'm not saying you should leak anything on core. I'm just saying you could. I'm not saying you should. Don't say leak because that's going to get Tyler in trouble. Oh, yeah, I don't want you to know. You want to announce no. anything. On let me court. make, you know what? Let I mean, me make it different. clear. Half the leaks are probably secret announcements. Anyway. They probably are, but I'll just say this. Yes, they're stealth announcements. That's a lot, often true, but I'll say this. Yeah. Tyler, what I actually mean is to say to anyone who is working with or around or above Tyler, he has never given us anything. He's always been and just the nicest up. guy, but never given a single drop of corporate espionage. Everything's fine with Tyler. All right. Just the to clear closest the closest I ever got to talking about Mortal Kombat with Tyler is he and I were talking about Heroes of the Storm, and somebody jumped into our conversation to be like, yo, when you gonna buff Striker? <laughs> That's <laughs> the closest it ever got. That's amazing. Dude, Striker's in permanent need of buff. The character sucks. All right. Moving on, uh, Baldur's Gate 3 coming out on August 31st on PlayStation 5. Uh, Xbox version not currently being talked about, so no one knows. Uh, So that's a PC and PS5 exclusive for now. Let's see. New Resident Evil 4 trailer confirms the return of Mercenaries mode. Also, 
that looked real good. Like graphically. Yeah. I don't know if I'm playing it because four and I have a wobbly Someone relationship. Someone will buy it for you, Scott. And I have a feeling we'll go through that together. We literally today had somebody saying that you and I playing Resident Evil together is like ASMR to them. I so heard them, yeah. Me screaming and then you and want going, him to play. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's like, no, he said something like Scott screaming like a girl and then John going, yep, yep, or whatever. That's his yep. ASMR, which is pretty and great. Scott's going, John, 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 you didn't tell me about this, John. Yeah. Anyway. What's up? They also talked about some PSVR 2 stuff and Tetris Effect uh, talking, or there's a whole thing about Tetris Effect being cool. Anyway, a few third-party things, some small uh, stuff, nothing big, but a Sony state of play nonetheless. All right. Maybe so, they had an, a, a lackadaisical state of play so that they could take that to the trade commission and be like, look, this is what we have if we don't. Look how sad we are without Call of Duty. Yeah. We, may, we have no games. There's yeah. nothing. It's, it's mercenaries mode in Resident Evil 4. That's all we have. Yeah, it's all we have. It's all we need. Uh, Civ 7 is happening. It's official now. Civilization 7 is being worked on over at Fraxis. So expect that in They've probably a year. DLC'd every civilization and they're ready to start over. Yep. I do Starting hope, over. I would like to see them add some of the like narrative stuff that you're seeing other games like Old World. Wait, is it Old World? Old yes. World, yeah. Old with, World. With the story. Old, the... <laughs> Old World and the other one. What's the other one? <laughs> King, something of Kings. Uh, King's quest, King's ultimate, ultimate King, Crusader Kings, Crusader Kings three, three. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Old world (laughs) and Crusader Kings three. I'd like to see them implement some of those uh, more narrative features because I think those are really cool. Uh, But Civ is the is the game I don't have to learn from scratch when I play. So Mm. I'd like to have those elements merged into my Civ. That's what would be on my wish list. I I do feel like they have to maybe stretch a little this time because it can't just be, you know, five and six were a lot alike. Yeah. is all I'm saying. So seven needs to be some big leap. I don't know what, I don't know how they do it. I'm sure it'll be great no matter what they do. Super hexagons. Uh, Konami is going to do a new Castlevania announcement as well as a Metal Gear Solid 3 remake announcement at E3. And we don't have do to go remake, into it. Oh, go ahead. Do they remake one and two? Uh, no. But I think three is re- <laughs> three is like revered. Right. <laughs> three is a really good one. Well, that's not three true. Is a you really know what? Good they one did to remake. They did remake one, um, but it was a PS2 remake. Remastered yeah. or remade? Remade. Like, they redid all the cutscenes. They cut did a remake and... of Metal Gear Solid. It was called Twin Snakes. Right. That is correct. Oh, it couldn't be called Metal Gear Solid Remake. Okay. Right, That's right, right. Probably... It was a long time ago. So. Really? Um, People don't love it because it's too uh, action movie-y, but I thought it was very cool at the time. It was I for like uh, GameCube. Yeah. Um, there's also well, a rumor I... that all the Metal Gear Solid games are coming to the PC. That's been a rumor oh. for, I feel like, the past couple weeks that they're going to release all the old MGS titles on PC. I so could go for that. I would be pretty excited about that. Those games are really good. They're really good. Three is especially and good. Frighteningly ahead of their time at times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, story-wise, like I thought they were crazy then, but mm, not so much now. But now you play it and you're like, oh, God, like, oh, how shit. did they know? Yeah. How did they know this was going to happen? <laughs> He's a genius, it turns out. Uh, Konami's doing that. And we'll, well, I think we'll have a separate discussion on a future show about what we want out of a Castlevania moving forward, because that's a big question for me. Like, what, what does that even look like? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, in VR, I can whip things. Yeah, you can whip shit in VR. That's it. 
That's the entire and, deal. And hang off of chandeliers and swing. Yeah. While, awesome uh, while Sia's chandelier plays in the background. All right. We are now diving into emails. That's right. That's a good you question. You heard me. Uh, it is a good question. We're going to not do an email, though, because I just lied about that. <laughs> Let's dive into emails. Instead, here's none. here's none emails. Instead, I'm going to play two phone calls that we got in rapid Ooh. succession. Okay. That's actually three. One of these got. Oh, no, no. I, the way I did it is weird. Okay. So it's two different people, but three calls. You'll understand when I get there. The first one is about housing, and it's directed at Bo, I believe. So enjoy. Hey, Corfa, Andy here. Love the show. John and Scott have both been talking about in-game housing and ESO and Final Fantasy XIV lately, but Bo has been dismissive of the idea of in-game housing as something silly. I just want to push back on that a little bit in defense of John and Scott. Bo, you played hours and hours of V Rising about a year ago, and in the process, you created this amazing castle for your vampire. It had all the stuff. Looked like something that Dracula would grace with his presence. So I'm wondering how, on the one hand, you can dive into that game and build up such a cool play. But on the other hand, you can label what John and Scott do in their games for player housing is silly. And I know a lot of what goes in the V Rising Castle is for utility to be able to play the game. But come on, did you really need all those elegant candelabras, gothic mirror, and distinguished wing back chair? Chill. Cheers, Stella. <laughs> That's a pretty good point. Uh, getting called out. Yeah. Got you. That's a decent point. You were very decorative in your your a hypocrite rising over here. <laughs> Can't wait for that sequel. So, what do you yeah. what do you rebut for that, or do you have a rebuttal, or do you agree? Mm, no, I mean, I spent a lot of time making housing in Valheim too. Mm-hmm. I think I just don't like the. Um... He just doesn't like it when other people talk about. It. <laughs> No, what I don't like about it, I don't like like MMO or online housing in that way. Okay. If that makes any sense. No, I get it. I don't know. I, I mainly I was just kind of bored because it's just decorating. Mm. It is the mechanics do matter. Yeah. Like like yeah. But you're, you're, you're not right. wrong about that. There is some of that ESO has some mechanics I think it's, in it though. In the I think in the it's housing. more of this. I mean, someone can go back and correct me if I'm wrong. It's just I don't know. It's just I'm not into like houses, I guess. It's just maybe just some bias there. Let's you know what I mean? Like, you know, when someone's like talking about something and you're not that into it, like, yeah. you yeah. know, you're, you're with every, some people and they're like, the VR section comes up on the show. <laughs> <laughs> they're like talking about country music and you just kind of let them have their thing. I don't uh, know. Yeah. It's a fair point. I don't have, you know, yes, I did build houses in Valheim and then V Rising and it's awesome. Do you um, think if you got into an MMO, let's just say one grabbed you miraculously. I know you're you're not really in a time and place for it right now, but you got super into one and it had an awesome housing system. Do you think you would be do you think you would engage with it or do you think that would just be a part of the I, game you ignore? I, I, I can see value in it. I think maybe I'm just less polite than John is. <laughs> 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 yeah. I, I just I, I have less self-control. <laughs> John's like, all right, it's VR time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me be yeah. a polite, respectful individual. And I'm like, God! This is like make it stop. If I was your defense lawyer, I would say the big difference here is Bo playing V rising to that level is a very, it is a bit of a fantasy live out kind of experience in that nah, game. I think he's got a point. I just, I think, you know, the defense rests. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. All right. Guilty. All guilty. Right. Guilty is charged. We, we'll put a guilty plea in. Yes, he's right. You saw me on my stream. I played that game like 80 hours that week. And yes, I was like, 
making it the sweetest castle on the server, a hundred percent. Yeah, and it well was, played. It Thanks was cool going in and humiliating. I never felt like uh, I could live up. Making to me it. eat some humble pie and humiliating. I, I never me. could live up to your your standard there in that game. You were you had the best castle on that planet or that. It's not I really planet. like that, that game. I'm looking for <laughs> planet vampire. vampire. <laughs> Uh, they're, they made some big announcements. They're still like pretty early on, it seems like, the way they view the game. So yeah. I'm hoping they got a real good, like, they got a good game idea there. I'm will, I'm looking forward to going back. Yeah, Scott, just, please, keep... real quick, can you trademark Planet Vampire? I need <laughs> yeah. to do something with it. I don't know what. Just trademark it. Planet we can get it. We need it. I need it for something. I don't know what, but uh, my domain buying days are survivor's back. clone now. Yeah. <laughs> I need one Planet more vampire. weird dom- I need one more weird domain I'll never touch. And so that's the one. Let's do it. Um all right. Now, these two calls are important because it's one after the other. This is the person's uh stopping the podcast to say something and then continuing on and finding out what we actually did. So, enjoy. Hey, poor crew. Uh, I just wanted to say that uh I was kind of on John's side at first uh, about announcing the winner at the end of the show instead of receiving it for the live listeners, but uh after about three and a half minutes of you guys deciding whether or not you're going to do that, and then another two minutes uh, after that, before you actually announce it, I'm kind of back with Scott. So uh, just get the grain all reading the game. Uh, love you guys. <laughs> Bye. All right. So that's part one. The it's interesting sequ- thing to finally decide to call in about. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, we this talk one- about a lot of things. He's like, yeah, this contest issue needs my opinion. I, I may have I may have had this for a little <laughs> longer than that. But anyway, the second, his follow-up is obviously him hitting resume on his podcast and hearing how things turned out. Hey, uh, Color Crew, me again. Uh, didn't leave a name last time. Uh, just actually <laughs> finished listening to the episode with the flip-flop. Uh, back on John's side now. The, the giving the, the wrong code is, is pretty funny. So, sorry. Uh, I just wanted to apologize. Uh, I guess this is what swimming in, or pooping in a lake feels like. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I, I applaud this caller. Yeah. Hey, we're doing healing here. I admitted I was wrong. Didn't yep. try to come up with some lame ass defense for that first yeah. caller. And here we have a wonderful listener's like, you know what? I was wrong. It was an opportunity for you to make a mistake for my enjoyment, and mm-hmm. uh, I should learn not to. <laughs> I should learn that everything that we do is potentially something we can mess up. Yeah, and, it's all content uh, in the end. Is the way I look at it. Uh, no, that was fantastic. I loved every second of that. So thank you for That's- the call. It's a great series of calls. And, and, the and that's not so what good. shitting in a lake feels like. It feels <laughs> great. You don't got to clean. It's all out there for other people. To do other Wait, fish to tell do. me more. Uh-oh, I think we lost Scott. Did you lose oh, me? Nope, we didn't. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. The, my... It's weird. It's almost like a ritual now at a certain point in the show. It's like we got too yeah, long. part of, where uh, we lose Scott. Oh, I don't know what's nope, happening. He's, back. he's coming back. They're doing it again. <laughs> it's something with the latest OBS update. It, after a while, especially a longer show. Not always, but usually I start having this problem. It's really funky. So I'm going to try something here real quick. Chat room. Hold on. I'm going to pause. I'm gonna... I think Bo's still right, trying to back. mess with you. He's yeah, like... Bo's still doing it as if, wow, where's he going? You're really selling it, dude. I'm convinced. Well, I, you hear Wow. You sound like an old <laughs> man. so like old... over the top, though, it would never be believable. No. <laughs> oh, hey, I got you guys. You can hear me. Yeah, we can finally hear you. After... <laughs> the camera's back. <laughs> That was a wild ride. That was wild. You should have seen the way you guys looked. You guys look so ridiculous. Yeah, I, I just can't believe it. That was wild. Um, all right, where the hell was I? Oh, okay. I do have a text. This is from Jeff M. 
Uh, I think everything's settled. I think we're good now. Yeah. Uh, this is for core. None of you have noticed, I'm sure, but TMNT Shredder's Revenge is free on mobile through Netflix. That's right. The terrible method of getting games through Netflix can now net you a free copy of Ninja Turtles, a Ninja Turtles game. Cowabunga, dude, Jeff M says. Mouse divided when he's in the socials. Um, yeah, I knew this. So this is, uh, you know, freaking Netflix has their Netflix games thing. And if you have a Netflix subscription, you just get these games. A couple of them are awesome. Point pose or point P is amazing. What? Why are we talking about the show before? Say? It's called Point, point P. P. Point P. Point pose. Point, point P is what I heard. Point pose. Point P. Point pose. Point P is a great. I reviewed it here once. It's really good. Yeah, Point P. That's the name of it. It's made by the can guy that made Downwell. Type it so I can see it because the words you're saying are just Point pose. Point P. I'm gonna give it. It's just Point pose. Shit. It's just Point P. <laughs> And there it is, right there. See it? Point P? That's how you say it. That's a great game. It's very good. It's the Downwell guy, and it's amazing, and it's only on there. They also have, they're the ones that put up, um, uh, we all like it, uh, the, the mechs fighting, turn-based fighting mechs. The FTL people made it. What's wrong with me? Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking breach? about. Into the Breach? Into the Breach. They do breach. it. The, the Into the Breach is free on mobile if you have a Netflix subscription. So they're like, have some decent stuff. Um, oh, but they, it's a weird setup. It's weird the way they do it. Well, here's the thing. I didn't know this, yeah. but I did get Shredder's Revenge for free through Game Pass. Yeah. Uh, Better place for which it. Which I have a subscription to, and I don't have a Netflix subscription because I, like many people, canceled my sub when I heard the rumored plan changes that were coming. Yeah. And even though they went, whoa, 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 don't do it. We're not doing it. We're not doing it yet. Yeah. Uh, I didn't I didn't renew that subscription. Oh, so. you look at you holding your ground. Yo, point Yeah, so I'm, I'm sorry. I think I'm the reason a show you were really looking forward to got canceled <laughs> at Netflix, Scott, um, because yeah. they refuse to acknowledge that they might be the problem, and surely it's actually the content that's the issue. It's surely. But, yeah. uh Wow. You know, that's the way it is. It is the way it is. Well, thank you, Jeff M., for letting us know. But if you have Netflix, maybe you want to go grab it. I would get it on Game Pass, personally. That's a better way to play it. They uh, can cancel Netflix so they can cancel more shows because they don't think it's them. Yeah, the rat bastards. Okay, real quick, we got to thank some patrons. Uh, Patreon.com slash core show is the place they went to to do it. And we got some brand new folks this week. All seem like really nice people. Don Rice, Timothy Grigas. Spencer Cole, Christian, Seb, and Edwin Adelsberger? Adelsberger. I don't know which way. I think I got it right, though. Anyway, Adelsberger. those are <laughs> if awesome. If I say it enough ways, I definitely got I know it I've right. covered it all five possible ways to say it. But they're all brand new patrons and are awesome people who have joined a great cadre of people who support us every week. And uh, this means no commercials ever for you guys. Pre-show content every single week and other monthly benefits. In fact, I'm going to put up Bo's time in the uh, the Ned Art Gallery today in VR. It was a pretty good one. It yeah. was one of the, you know, we went, it's nice to travel and get outside the house and mm-hmm. see places and bring that kind of world to your living room or earbuds. Yeah. Um, a little yeah. bit of additional culture never hurt anybody, you know? Yeah. So it's a real for, artistic for all you, endeavor. all you humanities students who likes to contemplate, uh, art and its meaning. Yeah, get in, sign up. We got one for you. Yeah, this is your day. You. Yeah, this is your day. Uh, all right, that's it. We're out of here. 
uh, would like to remind everybody that you can contact us via a bunch of ways, and the best way to find them all is at the core website, frogpants.com slash core. We love hearing from you. Keep those voicemails, emails, and texts coming. That'll do it for us. Grandma's got to tell us what we played today. So, Grandma, let's kick it into gear. Now, I know a lot of you usually are like, hey, I want the fast grandma. She's flying by. But as chat room pointed out 157 damn times during Bo's segment, he didn't say the name of the game. So maybe this segment's <laughs> going to mean something to you this time. Oh, I anyway, didn't? Here's oh, grandma, the game. I'm sorry. <laughs> here's the games they played. Uh, Scott and John played Atomic Heart. That's the game with the loud protagonist that's really not good. Scott played Dust and Neon, that's the Western Cyberpunk game. Strange Land, which is the corn cover. <laughs> Traveler's Rest, which is the own an inn simulator. Uh-huh. John played Hitman World of Assassination poorly. <laughs> and the games that Bo didn't tell you that he played are Stacklands, which I think he did say, but the VR game that was the shooter was called Compound. That's what it's called. It's called Compound. And then he played Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. He did say Hellblade, but it has a subtitle. Um, He also played No Man's Sky, Mighty Doom, that's a mobile piece of shit, and Mario Kart 8. (laughs) All right. That's straight from Grandma's mouth. You know you can trust it. That's it for us. Thank you for watching and for listening. We'll be back next time with more. We'll see you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. I am here to help you upgrade your red hot pocket rockets.